Hello, true believers, and welcome to another issue of Four Color Commentary, the continuing saga of four comic nerds and the books they love. Ciao, bruh. I'm Alan. <laughs> what dude? I'm Chewy. Kegstan, bruh. I'm Ian. Yo, dude. <laughs> I'm Ryan. <laughs> Ryan? Was was that what college sounded like to you? I had too much time to prepare, and I and I and I lost it. <laughs> <laughs> Go get us some burritos, pledge. Do <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you guys want from Taco Bell or Del Taco? <laughs> what do you think, nerd? You know this. Come on. You want the paddle again? You know where to go. No matter which burrito he gets, <laughs> it's the wrong. It's gonna one. be the wrong one. <laughs> he won't. He will get the paddle. We didn't have a Del Taco. You said no sour cream. I said extra. <laughs> I said only sour. But cream. You hate sour cream. I know. <laughs> I just wanted to see if you would follow my order. <laughs> get some but you trusted fluid. my feelings. Mm. You said go get some head lice? Yeah, headlight, <laughs> headlight fluid. Yeah, go get me some well headlight fluid and elbow grease. Oh, okay. Um, hello, everybody. Welcome to Four Color Commentary. Uh, this is your first time with us. Uh, believe it or We're not, sorry. this is a show about comic books, and we don't normally talk like that. This We're actually the guys comic who... Comic book college, okay? Chewie's the closest guy in this group who would be involved with anybody who would talk like that. Yeah. Uh, but that being said, true. he probably would, would not. I don't... Why? Why? Because he's the toughest. Oh, I thought it was because he likes sports ball. That yeah, too, but he's, he's also the toughest. Boy. I do like sports ball. I like sports puck. Hey, speaking of sports ball, World Cup just started. Just saying, for those of you listening. Mm-hmm. Okay, continue. <laughs> so, uh, trying to make a vuvuzela sound with my mouth, but I can't. No, Dude, we've we've like banned us. So many World Cups ago. That's it's like two still, World Cups. It's still ago. ever present in my heart. And that's eight years ago. It's World an Cup. eight-year old joke. I used to have an app on my phone. Just you would. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so, uh, and if you're returning for a color uh, cadet, welcome back. Uh, before we get into the show, if you'd like to reach out to our show, you can. If you want to send us an email or uh, anything like that, shoot us a tweet, anything like that, we will. Uh, we like seeing those. Uh, you can do that by going to our website, stephanthingsnetwork.com. Go there, click on the four color commentary page, uh, and you can listen to all of our previous episodes there. Uh, follow us or subscribe to us, I should say, on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. All three of those platforms. We like seeing reviews on those, so please leave us a review if you feel so please. inclined. Uh, you can please. also reach out to us on social media. We have Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, Instagram, all of those. Uh, and you can also uh, email us as a contact us button on the front page of the website. Click on that, fill out the form, shoot us an email, and we'll read it here on the show. So all of that at stuffandthingsnetwork.com. So like good old smiling Stan Lee would say, I've been abused. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> wow. <laughs> he's got a restraining order. He, uh, hey, man. He's in charge of his Twitter now. And as we learned last time, that is a whole... He's in charge. Thing. No. He's, he's taking charge. Uh, as old smiling Stan Lee would say, Jack helped a lot. Uh, no, uh, he would say, every comic could be somebody's first comic. There it is. And so here on the podcast, we yeah, like to follow try. that. Uh, we like to follow that mantra here. Uh, and we like to introduce you to who we are and kind of what we bring to the table. Uh, there are four of us in four sections of our show. So now we will uh, let you know who we are. Alan. Hey. As always goes first, and I ask Alan the eternal unanswerable question, uh, who are you and what gives you the right? Uh, my name is Alan, I like a lot of things, but webcomics and mangas seem to be my niche, so I try to bring those sometimes. Um, <laughs> you act as if it was forced upon you. Uh, you know, like I <laughs> got myself into a corner and I uh, can't get out anymore. Um, you, I thought you liked that corner. Nietzsche. It's a comfortable corner. Uh, 
uh, you can find me on the internet at marginally talented, M R G N L Y talented, um, where you can look up my Instagram and see the things that I draw because I draw things, uh, which means I'm usually art inclined. So panel layout, color palettes, and uh, line art are things that usually drive me to a book. Hey, what's up? I'm Chewy. I went to college and I read comic books now. Uh, you can talk Did to you go me to on. College? I went to. No. Kind of not a comics college, clown, but I guess clown, I went to college? a public. I, I went to a public school, so like. Ah, uh, so it was a clown college. Yeah, hey! pretty much. You me, know, me too, though. Yeah, go yeah. Titans. Um, <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Chupacabra C H E W P A C A B R A on Instagram. Uh, I am L underscore Chupacabra E L underscore Chupacabra just like before where I might be doing a thing for the next couple weeks if you want to follow me there I'm deciding on this right now and maybe tomorrow so you've announced it you have to do it I guess we'll see how I feel tomorrow okay (laughs) anyway um Reasons to follow me is to see what things I may do or to talk to me about comics, what type of comic books, maybe ones that are a little bit metal. What types of comic books are metal? Oh, ones with like blood and guts and just like alien death bodies that turn out to be maybe medicine or medicine that turns out to be some sort of killer alien monster dead body thing. Who knows? In either case, uh, if you're ever wondering if it's uh, if it's a. if it's a chewy book, it's a chewy book. If you're flipping through it, and you're like, man, that's metal. Hey, everybody. My name is Ian. Uh, you can follow me on most places on the internet at, at irich. That's at I-R-I-T-C-H. Uh, you can soon start watching me play video games for long periods of time on uh, twitch.tv slash irichplays, where I'll be playing uh, classics. Well, not classics. Modern classics of the internet. Uh, I've been getting into Fortnite. It's pretty fun. Uh, I've been playing Overwatch, which is also enjoyable, but I'll also throw on the occasional uh, NES or SNES game. Uh, on Twitter, though, you can reach out to me if you like superheroes and you like to talk about your feelings about Infinity War. I'm happy to, 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 to coach you through whatever happened to you. Um, so you can do that. Uh, we can talk about superhero supervillains. Tends to be the kind of books I bring. I like to bring Marvel and DC books, uh, sometimes for the betterment or sometimes to remind us all that for there the are other sermon. comics out there. Uh, but I tend to be drawn to any sort of book that has a good story. So if the art maybe isn't so hot, but the story is really good, uh, I will more than likely give that book a thumbs up. Wiggly do. Uh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, bro. I mean, that's that's like 17 episodes now, so it's a <laughs> Yeah, that's my catchphrase. At least man. it feels like. What? Well, just because you don't like it, I don't like your catchphrase. I don't have of to. I draw things. It's a catchphrase. <laughs> it is. It now. is now <laughs> the catchphrase. Alan, of... we're gonna get a T-shirt that has your face on it and says I'm I draw Alan. things. I learned something. When people reach for their diaphragm, they don't want to see, see my, my face. face. <laughs> All right, keep going. <laughs> All right, that seems like it was a reference to a television show, like an animated one. Yes, people have blue hair. <laughs> we got some weird grinding off the recording. Chewy, I think you need to take some more NyQuil, man. Uh, hi, I'm Ryan. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, Sorry. this is how All deep right. into The Simpsons we are, Ryan. Yeah. We are now following an Instagram that purposely puts The Simpsons quotes wrong. Like one word. Like one word off. Like today, it said, instead of I bent my Wookiee, it was I broke the Wookiee. And we're laughing because it's like yeah. the most meta Simpsons humor you could possibly get. Yeah, that sounds pretty accurate. Yep. Yeah. Anyway. I mean, I'm following a Twitter account that is pictures of partially filled in Wheel of Fortune puzzles and with the wrong answer printed in <laughs> no, all That's caps. great. I want to follow that. Yeah, if someone it's, it's wanted to good. follow you following that. Yeah. yeah. Well, they would have to know who I am. Yeah. You should also who check out you? Epcot I'm Center, Batman. Ryan. 
Hi, I'm Ryan. Uh, I am the. You know what? I blink every single time I'm supposed to do this. It's it's super frustrating. <laughs> At least you're honest. Um, and, and that's one thing. My name is Ryan, and I'm honest. Uh, <laughs> I like comic books. I like comics as art and comics as literature. Uh, I like science fiction books and fantasy books and kid-friendly books and really, really weird, strange, psychologically problematic books. I don't know, problematic. Well, it's hard to define. Uh, anyway, I like comics, especially if they're weird or if they're handmade or if it's really hard to get a hold of them to actually read them. Uh, for some reason, I'd go for that. Uh, you can find me on the internet at Ryan Roop, R-Y-A-N-R-U-P-P-E. I, tape, I tweet a album review every day with a link to a different album every day. Um, you can also read a collection of those at prestigeformat.com, which is my internet web thing. Cool. Sick. I uh, I saw that you tweeted about the Stubbs the Zombie video game soundtrack, yeah. which I very much enjoyed that soundtrack. That's a that's great. It's it's surprisingly good. Uh, it's I, still it's still good. I went to a wedding although where... although it's funny because like the album it came out like 2007 uh-huh. and so it made sense to put like Saves the day on the same album as uh, Death Cab for Cutie, yeah. but now it's like, what? what are you doing? Yeah, well, how did this happen? I went to a how wedding in ben which Queller that on there. I went to a wedding in which that Death Cab for Cutie version of Earth Angel was was the was the first dance because the groom liked Back to the Future and the bride liked Death Cab for Cutie, and it there was the go. perfect mesh of those two things. There you go. Um, thanks to a, thanks to a cops. video game where you play a zombie. Is, yep. Um, so, uh, that is the four of us. And as I mentioned, there are four sections of our show, the first of which we will jump into now. So, uh, the first section of our show, oh, that was a quite was a jump, jump. Was like a flying jump. jump. Yeah. Um, like so a the jetpack based jump. Once you take a flying jet, jump jet. at the moon. Okay. <laughs> so the first, uh, the first section of our show is called here's my issue where each of us bring an individual comic. We come together, mm. we read them, we talk about them, things we like, things we didn't like. Ryan's favorite phrase for me to say, it's a comic book book club. Book book. Uh, so uh, uh, who was for Chewy, I believe you're going first this yes. time, right? Chewy, tell us about the book that you brought. I did something a little bit different. I brought a movie. It's a French <laughs> movie. Um, just kidding. That's film joke. Um, I brought a book called Breathless uh, out on Black Mask, uh, Black Mask Studios to be more precise. This is like the second blast Black Black Mask Studios book you brought. Like overall, yeah. Yeah. I know. I well, know. I mean, like, didn't you bring one last time too? Or was it Image last time? Black Mask image. put us on your press was list. Was it two times ago? I don't know. There was I, don't a, know. I, I saw this recently. Brought, yeah. I brought some Black Mask before. Um, Breathless created by Pat Sand and Renzo Rodriguez, written by Pat Sand and art by Renzo Rodriguez. Sh- Shand? Shand, Sand, Sahand. I'm not sure. That's fair. That's fair. I apologize. There's an A. There's an There's an H in there. Um, colors by Mara Jane Carpenter uh, on this as well, and it's 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 an interesting story. It's uh, a little bit of some. Hey, what's going on? Maybe we're protecting the world from some stuff. Um, some sort of creatures bump in the night, but there's also pharmaceuticals involved, and that's kind of interesting. Yo. Uh, I would say it's uh, a little more sci-fi than the books you typically bring. Yeah. Typically, you bring just straight out monster books, uh, but this involves, it looks like some, definitely, there's there's a, there's a part with a succubus that's definitely in your wheelhouse, but it also appears that there's aliens, which is not usually 
yeah. in the chewy uh, in the chewy um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Au revoir. Rogue's but, but you know gallery why? of favorite monster but rogues. Do you know why? <laughs> chew- it's it's totally in Chewie's weird. Oh well, at the very end, people get their heads ripped off well, and there's also, blood everywhere because yeah. they don't call it an alien. No, they never. They do never refer to it as that. They call it a cryptid. Yeah, yeah. which is yeah, Chewie's bread and butter. Chewie's right. Yeah, but, but <laughs> like and so the main bread. character's job is to perform alien autopsies on cryptids. Yes. That Which is, is awesome. Do you is that your listens? dream job? Is that like up there? That'd be pretty awesome. Okay, so have you have any of y'all ever like dissected anything bigger than a frog? No, I have dissected a frog. Yes, yeah. but not there was a kid in my middle frog. school who ate okay. part of the sheep heart and had to go to the hospital because they didn't <laughs> listen when they said there was formaldehyde on it. Don't eat the sheep heart. Wait, it has the thing they didn't listen to is the formaldehyde part. Not don't eat the thing you're taking apart. No, it was the don't do anything with this. It's got poison on it. Like, like, don't like wash your hands. And the kid just thought, man, that looks good. No, he thought, hey, bro, I dare you to eat it. Oh, right, I'll do it. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. That kid was cool. That, that, does, <laughs> that does sound like high school. Hey, we're high still, school. I was middle school. We're son. still talking about him, like dude. We're still, we're still. He thought we'd forget. People don't forget. Don't Dude's forget. a legend, all yeah. right? Living legend, maybe. <laughs> I don't know who, what else. He's I think eaten. they had to pump his stomach, but I think he was. Fine. Yeah. Well, I mean, who knows what else he's eating? So yes, it would be <laughs> my. I think it might be my my dream job, dude. That that'd be awesome. If it was like, hey, your thing is like dissecting cryptids, yeah. and analyzing them for science, for like, science, yeah, yeah, for science, for science. Like I just take uh, every organ out and put it somewhere else, something else. Yeah, I mean, yeah. is this the heart? I don't know. Put it in a jar. What about this? Yeah, put that in a jar too. Put just that in put the same. These, in these are the suspected hearts. What was it? It was like the, this is the fifth organ that I was that absolutely I sure yeah. was its heart. Um. That'd be pretty chill, dude. I'd be, I think I'd be kind of happy with that job, provided that I didn't get blasted with mysterious spray. Well, I mean, maybe, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe it, could it cures, be. it cures asthma. It could cure my allergies and my delicate uh, respiratory system. There you go. You know. Yeah. But um, yeah. So it, it is maybe a little bit more sci-fi. Than what I typically bring in some ways, but I, I, I like Alan. Thank you for defending my arm. Yeah, you're welcome. It is definitely like, oh, this isn't an alien. It's a hisser. Okay. Yeah. 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 You're defending your honor, not saying like, hey, I'm proud of you for expanding your. No, no, no. <laughs> Got to stick within the brand. <laughs> Heaven forbid stick we do something on different. Brand. Um. No, I, en- I I enjoyed it. Uh. I I did I did like it. Uh. I liked the idea. I was curious where the, when the inhaler was gonna become part of it. And so now I'm curious, has that given her any other abilities that, that are that she has latent now that she's breathed in this uh, this thing? Is she going to become something? Is she going to get some sort of power somehow? Or is it uh, going to be like District 9 style where she slowly starts becoming an alien? Yeah. Mm. Spoilers if you haven't seen District 9. Mm. Yeah, that's yeah, that 10-year-old movie. Kind of a while, hey, man. So. Great. Thanks. I was going to watch also, it right after also this. Also in Titanic, the boat sinks. <laughs> You know what? One of those things, sometimes, Ryan. Ryan, to be sometimes, Ryan. One of those things is a foregone conclusion. The other one is not. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, we we weren't sure the boat was gonna sink. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't know. It's the unsinkable ship. I mean, what a twist, right? Yeah. Uh, (laughs) What a twist. Hey, Alan. This features kind of like one of your favorite tropes. For tough girl, it does <laughs> shaved shaved side of head. Oh yeah, yep, we got a we got an undercut variant for the main character, which works yep. really well. I mean, well, it and looks also awesome. the like cool mercenary girl too. Okay, yeah, that's like the, I wanna, the leader. 
I think that uh, either one of two things happened. Either the artist pulled some very specific references for some of these characters, or somebody's really hoping for a movie option because um, one of these people looks exactly like Ruby Rose, and the other one looks exactly like Idris Elba. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. he does look like Idris <laughs> Elba. True. And I feel like the rest you can kind of just fill in as you do. I mean, I they probably were like, hey, I need somebody who looks like this. Oh, that kind of fits that reference. character But it looks like really yeah. close. No, I know. I agree. <laughs> um, also, I love the like assistant slash friend. Um, I just read her voice that as four named friend. Yeah, I, I read her voice as um, Cheryl from Archer. Uh, yeah, really she, <laughs> me too. I, I didn't realize I that, but just as like, what's your name? Pa- not Pam Greer. One of those like Grace Isley. fast, fast talking like Southern California. <laughs> yeah, it's not Pam Greer, Alan. I'll tell you that for sure. No, <laughs> uh, I forget what uh, forget her name. But anyway, but yeah, yeah, she's totally just like kind of chattering the whole time. Yeah, super chatty, very high pitched. Yeah. It's awesome. I haven't. No, seen I thought that di- I thought the dialogue really worked. It could have been like having a character who's basically just talking constantly could have been crazy annoying to read, right? But instead, it really kind of fit with the character and with the situation and stuff, and kept Definitely it added. kept it from being just too like super dry and super dark. It kind of it kind of helped balance out what the action was yeah. happening and stuff like that. I think I think what this book did really well, or this issue, I should say at least. Um, was it it definitely gave us a sense for who the characters were for who we were working with um <clears throat> with i feel like the our, our main character we we kind of see that she's multifaceted but i don't get a good i don't have like a good beat on like who she is you know like what mm. what's her like moral compass i'm like i know she's like I'm I'm about doing my job and I'm I gotta do this. I'm I'm like good at it, you know, yeah. and I trust the people that I trust and, and that's that. But then it's also like it seems like with that distrust of some of these cryptids, you also kinda like um like pump them for information, like where she's mm. feeding the succubus kind of. And so it, it's interesting I'd I'd like I would have liked to have seen a little bit more of kind of figuring out who she is rather than like the different roles she plays because right mm. now i feel like what i got is a vibe on who she can be when yeah, what she's got going on but i i wonder like who who is she um but the story itself doesn't move along a ton here in this first issue for me i don't know what how, how you guys felt about that if you felt that it um kind of wrapped up in a way or, or you know did it give you guys the hook that you wanted and did it have any payoffs that you wanted? It has a, it has yeah. a good hook, I think. Uh, but I like it. Yeah, I mean, it has a good hook. It's a good starting issue where it kind of lays down the world for us and it, but it, and it does enough to where it, 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 for lack of a better word, like posits the story element of like, hey, this thing happened, so things are going to kind of be based around that in some way. And also there's some other stuff. Go- like it, it, it gives us, it delivers on the promise of the cover, which is, oh, there's an, a breathalyzer, or I'm sorry, an inhaler. Mm. Well, how does that play into the story? Um, and it gives us an answer to that. So I, I would say in that way, yeah, it's a successful first issue. Um, I would say it story-wise provides enough of a hook there to keep reading if you're interested. If yeah. you like the world that you've been spending time in, yeah, I'd say so. I kind of like the fact that the stakes aren't the end of the world. Yeah. yeah. I Actually, I don't kind of like that. I really like that. Yeah. Uh, that it's like, oh, she might not have asthma anymore. Like it's kind of almost but the, charmingly but has- like... 
yeah, obviously there's a lot of implications of yeah. other things that could happen, and we don't know how else that's affected her and stuff. But it's just sort of like, it's like, oh, no, now he has cosmic powers, you know, or now he can run super fast. It's like, now she doesn't have asthma. Yeah. yeah. I, I, cure I, for a very discomforting Like a disease. discomforting thing, but something that's also like, Highly manageable, super manageable, treatable, and yeah. and though not cured, like basically handled. Yeah, yeah. it's expensive, right? Uh, but it's not, you know, you don't hear of a lot of people dying of asthma. Yeah, not it happens, anymore. but not, but not very much. Uh, and so it's My it's kind of an interesting, asthma. it's kind of an interesting hook because also a lot of people have it. I have asthma, uh, and so it it makes it more relatable. I think. Yeah, it's like oh, like, you, sick. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like oh, it's just like you know, it would be like if if for Chewy, if it was like oh. It cured her allergies. Yeah, you'd be like, "Oh, like that." She never has sweet. allergies again. I'm yeah. like, "Yes, that'd be amazing." Yeah. I, I like that about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I just we got the little bit of like creepy John Travolta, uh, and we're like, okay, clearly there's something afoot. I would have liked to maybe get like an extra page or two to kind of because uh, you you get you know you definitely have that sense of like. Oh, he let her into the facility, kind of knowing that there was a hisser running amok there. Is that guy the monster? Maybe. I mean, because he has the the uh, he has the security guard in his weird tongue thing at the end. It's true. He might be, but like because uh, we've already seen in the book that that a human looks just like a human can turn into some weird monster. That's true. But like he he seems to go in after them. Any case, I I would have liked to have seen that just just a little bit more of like all right, what what's what are we getting at here? I other than that. something's happening. But yeah, what did you, what did you think of the art? I mean, I liked it, but it does have a very like some of the lines are just a little too clean, like especially on the on the talking heads panels. Um, things I, there's nothing wrong with clean lines. Like clean lines are really really cool. It's just there are times when when you do it too clean and you sort of start entering, especially if you're using direct reference, um, mm-hmm. you start entering that uncanny valley thing. Yeah, where they don't cartoonify the faces quite enough. Right, and it it's sort of like, well, this was this this is what a person would look like mid sentence. Like, well, yeah, but it also looks a little awkward when you do it yeah. like that. But other than that, like the colors are all super good. They use a lot of purple and blue, um, and it just. It has a very finished feel to it. It definitely doesn't mm-hmm. feel like it was uh, rushed it, it, or um, really. I mean, the the style is, I, I don't want to say house looking, but um, but yeah, it's it's nothing to it's nothing to go like, oh, this artist has a very specific style. It's I don't that like very clean, carefully detailed style. So sort of yeah. like a. Like a Dave Gibbons or a Jamie McKelvey. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I you would know? say that's true. Um, that's a good so comparison. I, I think that that's and the monsters are, are pretty gnarly looking. Like the I monsters like how are the well monsters designed. Are, yeah. Are, are really, like really out there and not like oh it's an alien it's a you know it's a whatever it's a Terminator not a Terminator it's a predator there's some predator elements but it's like God oh, but we had some fun with it we took it a couple of weird places yeah yep neat I agree <laughs> so chewy. Yes. Where? Where get? Um, this is a uh, <clears throat> this is a small a smaller uh, press than you would you know find with like your DC and your Marvel and all that sort of uh, and all that sort of jazz. Um, so this Black Mask, you're gonna find it. Um, you find it uh, 
digitally as well as uh, Brick and Morty. Um, this is a fairly recent um, book as well, released this year. So you might be able to find it, you know, in some of uh, the shops that do carry kind of more like smaller press and more varied, uh, you know, offering of stuff like that. So. Yeah, they've got a big chunk of Black Mask stuff at Nuclear Comics. In yeah. HBO. There you go. Cool. Um, so I believe now it is my turn. Uh, and so I brought a, a licensed book for the last book of my uh, cycle uh, here. Uh, and so uh, uh, to make Alan so happy, uh, I brought a Star Wars book. Uh, one that I was actually kind of I was actually kind of curious about. I own this first issue somewhere. And I'm kind of glad I do. Uh, so I brought the first issue of Lando. Uh, this uh, was a series from, I believe, 2015 um, written by Charles Soule, who's written some, written some other Marvel stuff. Um, and Alex Maliv, Malev is the artist. Um, Maliv, okay. Uh, Paul Mounts does the colors. And hey, Alan, the cover's by the same dude, so you know that the art inside is somewhat similar to the art you're getting outside. Nice. Um, so uh, what uh, what happens in this book? Well, uh, we, r- we run into old smuggler himself, Lando Calrissian, uh, before he was the head of Cloud City, but after his recent appearance in Solo, I assume, based on uh, the characters that are with him and stuff. Him and based Lo- on the fact he looks like Billy D, yes. Donald Glover. <laughs> yes, because uh, there is a new series where he looks like Donald Glover. So um, that's kind of what inspired this one. I was like, oh, I never did read that Lando book. Um, so we follow them uh, trying to repay some debts, getting in more trouble and making a big score. But at what cost? Uh, so uh, what did you guys think of the uh, story of the book? We'll start there. What did you guys think? There was, there was a lot of talking. Ryan, there was, a, there was a heck of a lot of talking. Ryan, I look to you for positives because you like Star Wars a I lot. Did, I a do. Lot. And I know and Chewie does, and I know Alan's okay with it. But I feel like the biggest two Star Wars fans are on this side of the room. <laughs> Although uh, you so haven't seen Solo, and he I has, haven't. so that's maybe true. that's not true. That's because my my <laughs> wife and children want to see it with me, and, and that takes some doing. Yeah. Um, no, I, I really liked the the book. Felt very. Uh, it's it's kind of exactly the sort of story I would want to see Lando in. Mm-hmm. In sort of a, I got to repay some debts. Let's pull off a heist. Let's do a job, or let's do a couple of jobs and Lobot book. talks and, and Lobot's his buddy. Yeah. They're pals. <laughs> They're yeah. friends. And, and Lobot so has happy. some backstory. We get a little bit of Lobot backstory. It's pretty good. Um, and, and I, I just, I, I was, I liked it. I, I so <laughs> you the, like these Marvel star Wars so books. Pretty much everyone you've been like, Oh, I like this a little bit. I, I have a lot of fun with the Marvel star Wars books. They, <laughs> they, they go in and they're like, Oh, we're going to sort of have some fun in the gray area. That's not star Wars canon. But, you know, don't it, it's not the stakes are not the end of the world. Yeah, because we already have those in the movies. And so this one can just be like Lando's in trouble. <laughs> yeah. Oh, buddy, you got a you Woo. did a heist and you thought it was going to be real good and ended up only paying about 10 percent of what you thought it was going to be. worth. Yep. And, and so now you got to go steal some ship. And ah, it's probably just some rich guy. I don't know who it belongs to. Yeah. Oh, man. I just. <laughs> And then, and then you it's see exactly like it's a comic book. Yeah. Oh, it's perfect. It was this is Ben stillering his way through it. He is. <laughs> oh man, this is I'm the target demographic for this. Is just you they are. Just, they just get me right on the hook every so heisty. every pan every every part. It's like oh man, I love it when a plan comes together. It's. it's <laughs> I, I mean, I I, I, I may be wrong one. for saying this, Ryan, but I feel like someone. At like Marvel or whatever, when they're like coming up with this stuff, they're just there and they're like, "Oh well, who's our audience with this?" They just looked around, saw you, and they're like that guy. 
<laughs> okay. They, they he, have, a, they, they have a picture on the wall of you. Uh, yeah, from Gizmodo's yeah. front page that one year. It's it's basically <laughs> just as a pirate. It's just people like our age and like our like you know area and stuff like that. Well, they it's know, like, they know. Like yeah. I feel like these guys are on the pulse of what like on what Star Wars fans are looking for as far as like a story wise. These guys, but uh, these you guys, know, you know, well, these my guys. understanding from all the people who've written the Marvel Star Wars books is that. The way they knew what the fans wanted is that they hired people. The who, writers that they hired were like, "I like, Star yes, Wars. I love Star Wars. Please let I me mean, touch it. <laughs> can, can I want I touch to. I, I, can I have the toys and hit them together, please?" <laughs> I, uh, so okay, now that I've gotten the overwhelmingly positive yeah, response that okay. I knew I was going to get, uh, now I can get the honest responses. <laughs> All right, hey, it's, yours so, is honest, but I know it, yours it's is like fun. It's, Ryan. Most of the books I bring to the show are not well received, so. When I bring okay, one that I know I'll at least you one have of this. you will I'll like, I'll let you have this. I have oh. that one moment where I'm like, I just need to feel a little good before they take me down a peg. Okay, no, I'll save my <laughs> taking down a peg. build up your reserves. Later. Yeah, at least until Alan takes me down a peg because Alan doesn't like Star Wars <laughs> as much like, as we do. It's like eating a but bunch of potatoes before Don't tell them what they're going to the say. Party. Just let them say it. It's okay. Alan does this when Ivory talk about things he brings, too. Just so. let so them talk. <laughs> you brought... What were the other Star Wars books you brought? You brought Darth Vader. We read the whole first trade of Darth Vader. Yeah, we read... You, brought, you read a uh, princess, Le- princess, princess Leia, Leia, Leia. Leia was all right, yeah. um, um, and then we brought that. I think I brought the regular first Star Wars. Yeah, that was book. a long time ago. That was a long time and, ago. And all of those, yeah, I was like, far, "Oh man, I'm excited! Here we go, Star Wars." I'm like, yeah, it was all right. And then it was like, "Okay, oh man, here we go! It's Darth Vader. This is gonna be cool." Uh, and <laughs> and Lando, I was like, "All right, well, I know, no where, I know what I'm getting myself yeah. into here." And I actually really enjoyed it. Yeah. I, I right. genuinely enjoyed it. Um, partially because I think the story fit. The story was as simple as it was, was interesting. I think it fit the character. It didn't, I don't think it tried to do too much with the character, nor did it like, there was a lot of talking, but I think it was all, it, it very much relevant. Yes. Yes. It was relevant. It was maybe not character building, but character revealing. Um, depending on, I guess, how much you already know about Lando at this point, you know? Um, so I, I, th- I thought it was good. It, it was, it was, it was very well written dialogue in, in that sense. So I, I actually enjoyed it very much. Yay. Yeah, I enjoyed Chewy it wins. a lot. All right. Uh, Alan, story-wise, anything? Um, I like the, I don't know. I don't like it. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I really paced well. Yeah, I think it was really paced well. I like the intro where you sort of get the, um, it, it's not the MacGuffin, it's like the first, it's like that bisectional, you come in the middle of a story to, to, yeah, to like finish it. It's, it's they, the James Bond cold open. Yeah, it is, it is it sort really of a James is. Bond cold open. Um, and I like that. Even with the seduction and everything. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and I've always, yes. <laughs> I've always kind of liked Lando because he always Still seemed deep, like, man. uh, like he wasn't the chosen one. Like every other person in star Wars seems yeah. to be chosen for some reason. And Lando is just the dude that's trying to make it through the land of the chosen ones out alive. And like, <laughs> he's just, he's just like, I he, mean, he's left Lin- alone in the desert. Everybody else <laughs> no, just has like water bottles all over I them. He's just like, like, can Lando- I, okay, maybe <laughs> Lando, like- Lando seems like he's, he's, like failed upwards a couple of times. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I feel like Lando th- wants to be the chosen one, hence why he wears the cape. I, he wears a cape 
Alan. I, I think that it's he's like, like make it till you make it. He's I got multiple like he's in, capes. He's in the world of the seeing, but he is blind. And he's just like, no, I see everything. I see just as much <laughs> just, as you yeah, see he things. lies all the way through. Um, I'm Daredevil. He's almost <laughs> a, he is a better smuggler than Han Solo. Like he Han is because he's smarter. Han Solo is not yeah. a good liar. Lando's a good liar. Yeah. He's a good talk guy, and yeah. I like talk guys. Um, and I like the I like the fact they gave his friend like a little bit of backstory, and his friend is like sort of the straight man to his craziness. Yeah. Even though Lando's not outlandish. Um, oh. Sort of. Yeah, it's all right. Um, <laughs> outlandoish. Outlandoish. Uh, but also I like the fact that Lando doesn't like come out on top. Like yeah. he he got screwed just as hard as you know anybody else might have in that situation. Yeah. Um, but it's also once again not yeah you know i'm in the i'm down in the dumps but at least i can move things with my mind <laughs> it's like yeah, yeah, yeah i owe a lot of very powerful people a lot of money and it's i'm trying like not to owe them more it's like following a guy who's in over his head credit card debt exactly <laughs> but the credit card companies are going to kill him go, yeah. go with me on this i mean it's classic like loan shark yeah concert. Go with me on this. This plays like a Johnny Knoxville movie. <laughs> like, I, can see that. I can see this. Like if Johnny Knoxville or yeah, Lando Calrissian. Because here's the thing. In any other movie, in any other story, in any other book, what would happen is, okay, we've got this big score. Like we got we to get this big setup. You spend like the majority of the story getting the band together. Right, yeah. And then you pull it off and all right, we did it. We all go our separate ways and we're good. But in a in one that's done with Johnny Knoxville or yeah. the one that we see here, it, it's like half the movie, maybe a third of the movie is, okay, here's this thing. Here's the score. Get the band together, bands together. Okay, great. Now we're doing it. Great. We did it. That was pretty easy. Yeah. What? And then, <laughs> and then the real story occurs. Yeah. Uh, and it's also just like, you know, this guy's down on his luck, but he's smart enough to get out of it only to the point where he becomes down on his luck again. And it's yeah. just like this yeah. weird wave. That being said, that's one of the reasons I didn't like the ending is I get that they that you want to create some sort of like tension that, that fans can recognize immediately. Mm-hmm. But stealing a ship that belongs directly to the Emperor when we're <laughs> dealing with like low level heisting, it, it's sort of like I was so with it and so into it until that last panel. Okay. I'm just like, oh, that seems... That's kind of a cop out, right? Well, they, you know, it's like I stole a car. But Star Wars, it was either gonna look, look, man. They always gotta involve the bad guy. Darth Vader's personal. Yeah, I I was like, I was worried. I I was worried. I was like, oh, please don't let it be Vader. I was kind of like, or the the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. Yeah, but I would have been okay with with Vader because that's like stealing a high ranking general's car, not the president of the United v- States' Vader, car. Vader's <laughs> Sunday driver. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what it is. I'm a pilot, you know. Um, <laughs> so, uh, well, well, Alan, I'll, I'll throw it back to you or to anybody. Um, what do you think about the art in this book? Because it definitely isn't Darth Vader style, where it's just let's yeah. let's draw over the screen. It I was has a style to it. I was pleasantly surprised by the art, and it fits the book really well. Thank I you. was very very. That's all into I it. wanted to yeah, hear you I really, say. Um, I really like sort of the, the like sketchy inkiness, mm-hmm. uh, and also the colors. Because this oh, is this is how are... you do like recognizable facial landmarks <clears throat> without like literally tracing. Yeah. Um. Just you know his uh, he has a little whiter nose. You give him that mustache. Like the mustache is the thing. You take that mustache off of him, and he just looks like some other dude. But. The artist was good enough to know. I was like, I gotta get this mustache just right. Also, like his hair, uh, like his mustache and his hair. Yeah, and the cape. 
Yeah, you, especially on some of these far away shots, like at the bottom of uh, 11, um, where there's not a lot of um, detail on his face, but he's still recognizable as that character. Yeah. Um, also the cape. Yeah, <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Uh, and yeah, like the black inkiness adds a lot of that sort of secretive heist uh, movie. Yeah, like underworld kind of a situation. Underworld, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's good. That's good. Not underworld like the vampires versus no. werewolves, but like. You know the seedy underbelly of the criminal underworld. Yeah. Anyway, I I mean I there liked, could be vampires. It could maybe be. they're space you know, pirates. Vampires who who run space a, a chain of illegal pizza shops. Could be. Yeah. That sounds it's amazing. Not. Is that a thing already? I the reference part, I'm missing. No. I think the art is sounds like a good idea. Right. Stop talking. Done. <laughs> However, I would have. I, I I feel that. I would have liked to see it done a little bit more simply and iconic. I, I think it would have added a little bit more levity to uh, to it. It would have been interesting to me to see it done a little bit more flat in some ways. Uh, I think it could have given it a little bit more action. That the way. coloring was a bit like extensive. Yeah, The coloring has a lot of texture in it. Mm-hmm. and A I, lot I, of gradients. Yeah, I could see what you're talking about. Yeah, I don't know. I just... That's... That's me though. I, it, when when you come when it comes to drawing something like pretty photorealistic in some ways, um, you know, it, I, I tend to like something that's a little bit more simple looking. This comic was effective for me because in my head, when I heard the dialogue, yeah, I it sounded. Billy, I heard I Billy, heard Billy D. D. the whole time yeah. without without question. <laughs> so I think if you get that, to where as much as I like Darth Vader, sometimes I don't hear Darth Vader in my head. I just hear yeah. like, eh, like uh, it's like a guy doing an impression of Darth Vader. Not like I don't hear James Earl Jones. You don't hear, just you don't just hear Hayden Christensen. No, 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 no. I killed. Where him. is Padme? <laughs> that's the worst line I've ever heard. That's worse <laughs> no. than no. That's worse than no it to is me is hearing no. him say Padme. I'm like, ugh. Gross. Panda bear. Um, Pad Thai? Well, if you guys would like to check out Lando, you can. Uh, it's, ball. it's a Marvel book, so it's available anywhere Marvel books are. Some of these, I think, are finding are on that Marvel Unlimited service as well. Paddington Bear. Um, but uh, I think it's yeah. like a five-issue miniseries this is, so uh, you can usually find me. it pretty easily. Um, if you're looking for a trade, a uh, Star Wars book, and it's on Marvel, it's pretty easy to find. Yep. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, so, Alan, I believe you are next, correct? Yeah. Alan, you brought a webcomic. Oh, I did bring a webcomic. It's been a while since I brought a webcomic. It has been. And I brought, time. like, sort of a special kind of webcomic. You did. Um, I really was interested in this webcomic because of the way that it was um, formatted. That being said, I'm super sorry. I didn't realize how long each of these issues was. Gosh, I thought, Alan, you made us read so much comic. I thought 15 I don't like comics. That's be... why I do this show. It was a webcomic. I thought 15 was a pretty like low yeah. number. So I apologize for all the reading. Um, that being said, we read something called The Room of Swords. Um, or is it just called Room of Swords? It's called just... Room of Swords um, by an artist that goes by the name Tunamated. Um, and uh, it's on webtoons.com. Uh, it's really interesting because each of the... It's not pages. It's more like you scroll through... I don't know how to describe it. Like a timeline, I guess? Like sort of... So it's panel by panel, but it's vertical. So yeah. you just scroll and scroll and scroll. And there are some panels that have animation to them. But it um, allows them to do a couple things. One is because it's only digital, um, you get to throw little GIFs in as panels, yeah. which add a little bit of extra like twinkle or movement or like a cool little um, facial expression changing. Um, and then secondly, you can change between scenes and time. Really cool. I just want to get this out there before we really start talking about it. Cause I really like the fact that as you're scrolling, it'll fade to black. 
Yeah. And then fade back into green or something. That's cool that. Like that. That's that infinite canvas. Right. Oh, okay. So infinite canvas is a really good word for it. So anyway, that's one of the things that really uh, like pointed this out to me. I follow Tunamated on Instagram, so I was like, oh, dude, he's making a web comic. Um, what did you guys think? Okay, I was super. Yeah, into go this. first. I, guess. I, I love this. I thought it was. I thought I really liked um, the the scroll or using the the webtoons app. You can just tap on the bottom part of the page and it'll jump you down about a page. Um, I thought it was uh, because I'm so used to like page turn reveals in comics. It was a, it was a different way to do it, but it was a fun way to sort of see what was happening. I really liked the little bits of animation too. Yeah. Um, oh, man, it was, and it's it's. It's funny because it's kind of a tropey story to a certain extent. It's it like, is. It's yeah. you know, it's it's Secret Wars. It's um, Battle you know, Royale. Battle Royale. It's Dot Hack. It's it's you know every Dungeons and Dragons one shot. Um, but uh, but at the same time, with a ton like, of anime thrown in. Yeah. Oh yeah. Tons of anime and and um, a character design that is um, sort of bubbly and and cheery and fun, but at the same time. The characters sort of have some weight, and and it was like it was just it was just fun. Yeah, it was fun and neat. Like it didn't it didn't say a whole lot about the human condition, but um, you know neither did Lando. <laughs> um, it kind of did. But I, I thought it was really fun, and I'm I like I was like, but I got to the end of fifteen. I'm like, but we haven't found all the pieces of the sword yet. Yeah. Like, well, come on, I got to keep. I'm gonna have to keep reading this now. Is this a commitment you've given to me? Well, hopefully that's how webcomics work. And it's got a black sun that's counting down. Maybe it looks like a timer or, of some kind. Yeah. Is it or is it or is it counting up? Uh, and you, you have your your two party members, uh, yeah. maybe three, depending on if you read further or not. Um, yeah, no, I read the first fifteen. Yeah, and that's only as far as I got. But that's I kind of feel like we're gonna gain another one. Um, I also I I I have things to say about the art, but what is yeah? Ian let's let's Chewie come back to the thing. art. Um, I, I really liked it a lot. Um, it, it was, it did a, it did a really good job of, I think, doing the anime. <laughs> I like the way you sighed before you said that. It did a really no, good no, job. because, like, I'm trying to, f- like, bring it all together in my yeah. head and verbalize it and stuff. Um, I think it did a really good job of doing the anime thing of kind of throwing you into this world, um. But it does give you a little bit of exposition. It does give you a little bit of hints so you know, okay, at some point, this is going to be kind of where we're headed. And then you kind of ignore the swords for a while and and all that stuff while you're like, okay, well, let's see if this person can find their ship commander. And then, Mm -hmm. oh, here's this knight. Oh, the knight's talking about these. You know, it's so... I thought that was um, that was pretty cool. The time jump, uh, or I think a time jump or I something. I think a time jump backwards, or it's more like telling it's like the B like plot a parallel. Yeah, yeah where it kind of jumps back. I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, I really like the characters. I I think um, they definitely have so far for me in 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 the little bit there the night is fully fleshed out um to me like it's clear kind of like what her what her objective is what her personality is like what motivates her those types of things the the main character serious uh Giris? yeah i call um, i i pronounce it Giris. Giris. um we kind of know a little bit about like, you know, maybe the way he looks at things, but we're, we're I, I don't know. It's still a little unclear to me as to like who he is and really what guides his decisions. We just kind of know like his background. 
uh, a bit. And then we have this other mysterious character that is just kind of like Russian, maybe. And he uses Russian arrow. font. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, it translated, he's they just using that for for curses, basically. Yeah. Um, I like the the uh, the characters, the eye characters. Those guys are pretty <laughs> cool too. Um, and and just yeah, it's it's a very well thought out world. I think um, where clearly we're just peeling back layers of this onion. To get to the delicious core of the onion. <laughs> By the way, the that's the most. The, the middle the of the onion part. is the tastiest part of the onion. That's where the onion turns into a funion. Um, yeah, that's how they get them. Anyway, uh, I I really enjoyed the story a lot. I'm it it definitely had me like keeping going further than I would have gone probably otherwise. Same, Ian. Alan, you bring a lot of web comics for us to read. I do, and most of them uh, that I read, uh, I usually I read them through. That when we when we say I like them, enjoy them, but I don't feel the need uh, to usually come back and read more of them mm-hmm. and f- actually finish it or follow it. Usually, I'm just like that's really cool. Um, I'm, I'm, but I'll be real; I'll probably forget about it. Uh, not that they're bad, just that I don't usually jump onto them uh, as much. That has now changed. Uh, I enjoyed thoroughly every minute of this really? uh, this reading experience. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I enjoyed all the ca- every. I'll echo everything they all said. I enjoy all the characters. I enjoy uh, the world setting. I enjoy that. Yeah, it was just kind of mindless fun. The thing that I enjoyed the most though is in where in the middle of it they there's one point where I'm just like, oh, that better pay off into something. Where all of a sudden it says pause, and I'm like, is this yeah. a video game? Is this a video game? Is this is this meta like that? Is there something else going on? Is that what's happening here? Like, is there something else? Is that is that what the timer is? Is it is what's going on? Like that to me was like the <laughs> moment of like, oh, there's something behind this. Hopefully, yeah. um, even if there's not, I don't care because it's and, still great. Yeah, I kind of got the because that one guy who's like, we've been through this before, and I've never been able to get past this part. You know, right. like, and he uses the little heart things too so i'm yeah. like i'm like oh okay he's repeating because yeah. they say like we don't know how much we've accomplished before how many times yeah. who's we've done the this? npc who's the playable character well, and i started I, looking at things in that different at one way point, yeah. at one point that that guy talks to somebody else and he's like we've we've i've told you this before and he's like yeah but i don't remember this conversation after right this. yeah but yeah. but remember like, like i don't this know what you've told me before, before. yeah yeah, yeah. Like that. and it's I I liked it a lot. Like it was not, it was long, but it was not a chore by any means to re, to, to read. <laughs> and honestly, I did want to keep going, uh, but the I had the other books I needed to read. Yeah, the format of it is really fun, and I really like. Honestly, now that I know that this app exists and that most of the web comics we've read are in it, yeah. makes it a lot more accessible than having to have a folder full of websites to go to. That's like true. having a centralized form, kind of like a comicsology mm-hmm. for web comics, makes it really easy to find. Um, all the different ones we talk about, keep them in one place. It even asks you if you're like two issues in, Hey, you seem to be liking this. Do you want me to like add this to your, like yeah. to like your books? I was like, this is great. I go, yes, please do. I want to know more about this. Well, and I want to continue reading. They just that you can download them for offline reading mm-hmm. also, like on an aeroplane. Yeah. Or it's, it, this is really, really cool. So not only was it just the comic itself that I really liked, which I honestly probably would have gone to the website and continued to read, but the fact that it's, 
in this in this four format made me really really like it more. And I did like the little animated segments. It kind of broke it up a little bit to where it added some some motion and some movement. Not always in the places you'd expect too, which I also really enjoyed. Like they had ones where action would happen, but there would also be ones where it wouldn't be this huge action sequence, and that's why it's moving. It'd just be like a reaction shot, or and it would just be interesting color shifts, or somebody just walking a little bit. It wouldn't have to be these huge monumental moments. So. I like the choice of that. Um, so yeah, I would highly recommend this. This is probably my favorite webcomic you've ever brought on the show. Oh, nice. Wow. I think what it does That's really crazy. well is it uses those um, those transitions like you're talking about to do time passing. So mm-hmm. I think my favorite use of it was where um, they were standing there and then you see, like it's a little bit of animation that kind of looks like clouds just passing overhead. Mm-hmm. And like that's all mm-hmm. it was but it does enough to give you an idea for the vastness of where they were kind of that like feeling of like, I don't know where to go and clock is ticking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I really enjoyed the art style too. Uh, this is the kind of art. Yeah. Style let's talk about really the art did. because it's a very like specific style of art. <laughs> it, I mean, most things that are Scott Pilgrim esque looking, I tend to usually gravitate towards this That's has true. small bits of Brian Lee O'Malley in it. Uh, so I, I enjoy that look and that style. So usually things that have that look to it, I'm gra- I gravitate towards. Yeah, it's that it's that sort of manga esque, like kind of yeah. super deformed, like very exaggerated, very cartoony look to them. And especially like the I really liked the way the monsters and stuff like were like very cartoonally drawn. They're like yeah. monsters that me or my kids would draw. Yeah. Uh, but but it, just kind of the way they dealt with scale and stuff I was like, oh, yeah. this is a huge scary bad guy. Yeah. Um and man the watercolors yeah. the watercolor so good. Oh, yeah. the watercolor yes. the watercolor is great the water co- the colors all the coloring is watercolor and it's just gorgeous and I don't there know is if it's yeah. digital watercolor literal scanned in watercolor but either way it, it, it looks, looks and there's and there's definitely as we talk about a lot with webcomics progression as it goes on of things getting yeah. more and more more uh what's the word I'm looking for technically impressive I guess. Um, because when it starts off, it's very much a lot of whites with some light coloring. It's not as heavy as later on. Like when you get to p- book 15 and the entire thing is colored, everybody's colored in. Uh, there's a lot of darker backgrounds, blues and grays and different stuff, as opposed to the beginning where it was just kind of big outside and stark white. And that's smart that you start your book that way. Um, really, really smart. Um, yeah, I, I absolutely adored this. I thought it was great. Um, so apparently Tunamated is the name of a couple like it's uh, I think you see them at the the end of some of the um oh yeah yeah I did see that uh some mm-hmm. of the things um uh so you should check out Tunamated's uh Instagram because this is like I know you said you gravitate towards Scott Pilgrim but that's not like the only style mm-hmm. um, they're awesome. really good at doing other like more anatomically correct and like um uh, commissions and stuff like that that they put on their Instagram. Uh, so it's really, really cool to see uh, what this style is capable of on other models also. But yeah, the, the watercolor layover is just super pretty. And combining the right colors really gives you a really neat effect on it. Yeah. yeah. So that's something they've been doing for a long time. And, and the reason I know about this webcomic is because I followed them on um, Toonami. Or Toonami. Toonamated on um, uh, Instagram. Cool. Well, and it looks like they just... like It looks like this webcomic started... At the end of last year, mm-hmm. it's so relatively it's only, new. It's yeah, we we read about half of it when we read the first mm-hmm. fifteen. 
Yeah, I once again I knew it was new. I didn't realize that uh, there was so much of it. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, I'm glad you liked it. Yeah, I, really I liked it, it too. I I have uh, already adored the the art style and just I thought the characters were super likable and easy to follow, and it wasn't super heavy handed. It wasn't trying to hint at something too large, other than well, let's just figure this out as we yeah. go. Mm-hmm. And I thought the that that was really really cool. Um. Okay. Uh, so where, so people can check this out uh, on their website and also this app. Uh, yeah, tell, tell I just recommend that. Webtoon. Um, yeah. And uh, Webtoon will keep you updated. So if you hit subscribe, it'll just uh, alert you. Um, it, apparently, it updates every Monday. Cool. All right. Um, so, Ryan, I believe you are the last one here on the Here's My Issue train. It's me. The caboose. Yeah. Uh, tell us, what is the book that you wrote? Sure. Um, because Chewy, or not because, but rather as, along with Chewy bringing a book called Breathless, I brought a book called sleepless um just to make things extra confusing i guess uh it's a book make things more or less more or less yeah more or less that's it there's the name of the episode more or less <laughs> um but it, it is a it is a book that's coming out on image it's written by sarah vaughn uh with art by lila del duca um and co- colors by Alyssa sala letters by darren bennett but uh it is a kind of a Swords and sorcery style, like palace intrigue situation, sort mm-hmm. of a book. Uh, though there's there's definitely some some different or strange elements. You get a little bit of that in the book, uh, and and the name of the book comes from a a class of knights who make a pledge and then always protect uh, the person they are pledged to without sleeping ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I I've been really intrigued. I think the trade is coming out really soon. I've finished the first six issues and. I like it a lot. So what did you guys think? Uh, I I agree that it's a swords and sorcery thing, but it also kind of has this weird, like, princess fairy tale vibe to it. Sure. Yeah, like, yeah, it, yeah, it definitely absolutely. has that, like, like, I mean, mind you, there's not, like, magical powers. We haven't seen anything like that. But, like, it has this kind of grown-up fairy tale, like, grown-up princess story mm-hmm. type of feel to it as well. Um, yeah, I didn't realize that that the name comes from that because that makes the beginning of this book a lot darker, uh, which which was oh, like, didn't. I didn't put that together. Uh, I should have. Uh, I just thought, oh, like maybe use her guard and because they never explicitly set explained that at least that I remember uh, where they were like, oh uh, yes, you will die because you never sleep. <laughs> so uh, yeah. I didn't catch that, but that's that's really sad, but also really really sweet. It, and there's also kind of a kind of a love story in there, which is which is cute. Uh huh. Um. But no, I really enjoyed it. I like the political injury. I was trying to figure out like who is she related to and how does this bloodline thing fall? How does mm-hmm. this sit? So I was really, really intrigued by the by the world that it presented. It didn't give us like too much story. Like it gave us just a little bit of conflict enough and just a taste of the world enough, um, story wise. Um, so it gave us just enough. But I, I actually enjoyed it. I liked reading it. Um, I, I I'm I'm very intrigued now that I know that the other side of it that you just said. I'm like, oh, there's that little hook that makes me go, hmm. I want to yeah. check out some more of that. Just wondering, why do you have to have a guard that doesn't sleep? Just have two guards, and then they just you have a night because guard it's and a magic, Alan. Because it's, it's magic. Yeah, it's fairy tale a little bit. I thought he just wills himself to stay awake. Because you know why? More than just his own will. Right. Yeah. I, I think they, I because I, I, I've read several issues ahead. Oh, it okay. is. It Ryan, I like think I got be this some because sort of spell, because you know. the story wouldn't happen, Alan, if it didn't. Happen. Just saying. Man. <laughs> 
because then there'd be, be no reason to tell this story as much yes um also yeah that's like come on i'm not a lady but i'd imagine if there's like i'm some dude who's gonna make sure you're safe no matter what you're a princess so, and i'm always gonna keep you safe i, um, I was a seven-year-old girl i'd be like that's so sweet he's my well, prince charming i mean I, there's, a, a there's a part where they're where they're cor- coronating where they're crowning the king yes and and the like oath he has to take says to treat with equal measure those who bend time, those who borrow it, and those who follow time's given path. Yeah. And then later in the book, they're like, oh, for time's sake. Like, yeah. That's oh. Cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, Maybe I, they I worship guess, time more. I guess oh. I must have. I must have just. But yeah, oh, that okay. makes that's actually a lot cooler. I, I actually picked up this book and flipped through it previously. Um, I, I, I just kind of flipped through it because I was like, oh, the, the cover looks really interesting. Mm-hmm. And like the name, like it's cool. Um. And I, and I just gave it a quick little flip through it, and and I was like, eh, I don't know, because um, it seemed just like a lot of talking heads, and um, you know, when, when you see a lot of talking heads and something that looks kind of fantasy, yeah, I'm like, oh man, okay, so here we go, we're we're digging into something, <laughs> and nothing's gonna happen, you know, um, but this read really quick, yeah. Like it read very, very quickly to when I was at the end, my, my one criticism of, of this book in terms of the story in this one issue is that I, I, I got to the end too quickly. I wanted mm. some more because they did a really good job of kind of intriguing me in the individual characters. They didn't do a ton with the plot that necessarily like other than someone tried to kill someone. And, and that was kind of like right at the very end. Yeah. Um, I would have liked to see maybe a little bit more after that. Maybe, maybe a little speculation who mm-hmm. it could be or maybe the other side of the dagger, you know, and kind of like what's going on there. Um, the man, the art and like the, the colors. Yeah. And like the inking. I'll, I'll be real with you. I've been like feeling under the weather. I had just drank some NyQuil before <laughs> like reading this. And I was like, yep, you and me both, buddy. <laughs> I feel you. I know that. Hardcore he does look super tired. Like I, yeah. it's really hard to look at him. Like, cause I'm just like, I want to sleep. <laughs> What'd you think? Alan? Um, I really liked it. It was, uh, I think a good mix of sort of exposition and, um, character setup. Uh, and motivation. Um, I think the thing at the end with the assassin was really uh, like where the story kicks off. So it being in the last six pages of the book or whatever was a little odd. I think that most books would have put it probably somewhere in the middle mm-hmm. and then worked the coronation around it rather than put it first. Um, but the art is gorgeous and uh, great representations <laughs> uh, for, for everybody involved. And uh there's a fennec fox, so you can't yeah, yeah. really go wrong with that. <laughs> I feel like this definitely is also... It's not fishing for it, but uh, this is probably open for movie options somewhere along the way. Yeah, I uh, can see that. There's probably a, a WB intern that's like just reading a bunch of comics that's going to come <laughs> across this one pretty soon. Um, the thing I really liked about it... I agree with you that, the, um, that they sort of save most of the action for right at the end of the book. But I think having read like the next several issues... Uh, it's it's kind of on purpose to give you the the feel of like, yeah, this is mostly gonna not be an action it's, book. It seems like it's, it's really definitely a... like it's really a palace intrigue book. Like yeah. the 
the character is the illegitimate daughter of the recently deceased king. Uh, and so it's it's like most of the next six issues are her sort of trying to navigate the politics around what her place is in this new kingdom. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's and and there's some more sword play and, and there's a night tournament and stuff. Uh, but it's really mostly like political, like, you know, who is this person? Are we friends with them? It's like political princess bride. It it really is. And and that's what I really liked about it. And I really like sort of the the there's just there's just a little bit of like weird fantasy elements going yeah. on, but not very much. I always like that. I don't know. There's something about this book that just like grabs a hold of me that I really, really liked. It's really good. Yeah. I can Colin, see why you would like it. Calling yeah. it right now, Sierra Nick in the movie's gonna get played by Jared Leto. <laughs> nice. Nah, well, okay, I can see it. Yeah, maybe All right. he's very tired. Um, but yeah, it just started coming out this year. Uh, it is from Image, so it's available wherever Image comics are sold, which at this point is everywhere, or at your local comic book store. Uh, there should be a trade of this coming out probably this summer. Nice, sick, cool. Just in time for Comic Con. Yep, we'll All go right. to the Image booth and pick one up. Maybe they'll Ooh. do a signing. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, so uh, that uh, wraps us up for Here's My Issue, and now we jump into the second part of our show uh, called First Prince, where we bring a, a comic book, a, a graphic novel, a uh, an arc of comics, something we think that is good if you're just getting into comics or if you've been out of comics for a while, sometimes something old, sometimes something new. This time, something new, something I've been wanting to read, uh, finish for years now, because uh, we first read the first issue of this, I believe, in 2014. Um, and, uh, you know, four years years ago ago, and I've been waiting, I've been needing to calm my mind to bring this enough because I'm a big fan of this person's music. Uh, and a lot of the entire, actually pretty much the entirety of this story is based around different songs written by singer songwriter, Jonathan Colton, who, uh, you may recognize, uh, from a book we read recently. Uh, the Matt Fraction book. He, I can't remember the name of it. Solid, Solid State. Solid State. That's right. I, I was thinking it's a hard drive thing, but I can't remember what it was. Solid State, uh, which he also wrote an album for. Uh, this is a little bit different. He wrote a bunch of different songs, and Greg Pak thought, hey, you got a lot of cool villains in your songs. Sure would be cool to write a comic about them. And Joko said, do it. And so he did. Uh, and this came to it. It's called Code Monkey Save World. Uh, and to not get into all the, the nerdy Jonathan Colton references and actually focus on the story. Um, even though I'm sure Alan and I'll have like two minutes here where we can nerd out. Um, it's about a uh, little go, primate go who, ahead. who it's a, no, I, I want to get to the story first. It's about right. a little primate who works at a, a company as a coder, but he's not very good at his job. He's kind of got a crush on the receptionist. Um, and, uh, then robots start attacking, kidnap her and uh, he has to, uh, with the help of the boss of this company, who is an evil mastermind, uh, also who is in love with another evil mastermind, uh, work together to try to save her and hopefully save the world from robot attack and destruction with a bunch of other supervillains helping out along the way. So that is the story of the book, at least as far as I, I can see. That's uh, a, as good a summation as you're going to get. Yeah, because it's kind of all over the place. They they really try to fit all these songs together in one world, and in a way it is a loving tribute to all those songs all living in the same universe, kind of like the Pixar theory, how all the Pixar movies are connected. <laughs> this is like the Joko theory that all the Jonathan Colton songs are connected somehow uh, in one world. Uh, that's what they try to do here. So uh, what did you guys think about it? Uh, I'll talk to the I'll talk to the two non-joke yeah, big, big to, Jonathan Colton fans. Yeah, I got you. Before, we, before I get over hey, to Alan, Ian, we've been to a Jonathan Colton concert you, together. You saw okay, but it's not like you went to see Jonathan Colton. You went to see They Might Be Giants, and Jonathan Colton happened to open, and it was one of the best shows I've ever been to. It was a very <laughs> good show because that that is a perfect combo. Oh yeah, obviously. But yeah, I, I yeah, 
Um, so what? Yeah, what did you? What did you guys think? One of the best shows I've ever been to was Every Time I Die at House of Blues Anaheim, in which the hey, guitarist saw, did a front flip into the the pit while playing guitar, and then he landed on his back, and he was crowd surfing and still playing guitar uh, cromulently. Mm. Um, that I'm show, sure... they separated us into apes and people for a oh. song, and we were, I think, apes. Yeah, <laughs> and obviously then we were. The apes won, I think. Damn dirty apes. Yeah. We had to um, yell apes, and the other side had to yell people, and they would point. Apes don't yell apes. Apes yell ook. Um, Yeah, I'm sure this is great if you're really, really into Jonathan Colton. Okay, Um, but we're we're skipping that right now. We we are aware (laughs) this book is better if you know the songs. Let's skip that for right now. Getting there, jeez. I'm sorry. Did you go listen to all his music to understand everything in this? No. Okay. I did not. Um, so I'm sure it's way, way, way better if, if you're a big fan of, of that, uh, that being said, it's a very ambitious story. And I think knowing that uh, what you said about like, it's, it's a bunch of different songs. It's a bunch of different things that Greg Pak was like, okay, oh man, all these things are great. And then it's like, okay, how can I make them work together? As opposed to what I thought was like, there is a concept album in which everything is already related directly, like linearly, mm-hmm. and he's adapting it. Okay, so that made it make more sense in why it does feel a bit all over the place. Um, I think at times it's fun, and at times it's very action-packed, but b- because of the way that it sounds like it kind of came together, it, it sometimes is a little bit like... Uh, and then, and then, and then, yeah. rather than uh, caused by, and I guess you kind of have to get to that if you're trying to work in all the sure. you know, characters. I think if you leave out the whole zombie apocalypse thing altogether, the story flows a little bit better. Or if you just have the zombie apocalypse thing kind of going in the background as a separate thing that doesn't intersect with this, and it's just kind of like a, hey, got a choice to make. There's a zombie apocalypse starting, but also robot world. Um you know, that that could still work, but um, I think given the circumstances, you know, there's only so much you could do. And I think what likely happened is you got something that gets, you know, through the story, does a lot of the nods, you know, that you want, the, the loving tributes that you want, you know, for the fans. Um, I don't think this was really intended to be like a... Hey, I want to make something that people are gonna like, and if you are a fan of the music, you're you're gonna love it. I think it was like I'm writing this for you know all of us fans. Um, if someone else likes it, that's great, you know, sort of thing. And and that's kind of how I felt about it. Ryan, um, I really I really loved how just wacky this is. It's sort of like <laughs> the nerdiest version of it's a mad 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 world. Mm-hmm. Uh, where it's just everything going all the time. And it, and it does have a lot of sort of, and then, and then, and then it feels kind of like a six or seven year old telling you a story that they are making up as they tell it to you mm-hmm. based on, you know, and then like looking around their room at the toys that they can see and deciding on characters from that, which is essentially Ryan, it happening. sounds like you have personal experience I, with yeah, this you know, sort of situation. Um, but, but it's, it's so fun. 
and the dialogue is 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 quippy and and enjoyable and has obviously some in jokes. I, I caught some stuff. I know enough Jonathan Colton songs to to catch a lot of the you know re your brains and, and different things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I I don't know. I I kind of like how it it made the the evil villain Skull Crusher like kind of like a you know it it it. it it sort of subverted the classic trope, but at the same time, that's that subversion is its own sort of classic trope at this point. Of he's sort of like a lonely basement dweller, uh, who who sort of sucks. Um, but then it turns out that the turns out the secretary is ex-military, and, and it was it was fun. It was a, it was a good read. It was a quick read. It's less than a hundred pages, and it's it's a it's just it's a blast. The art's great. the The art's really cartoony, but but you know the the heroes look cool and I liked it. It was a fun, it was a fun little read. Alan, now we can nerd out. Ready? Go. Uh, I liked it. It was fun. <laughs> Let's just talk about how all the songs connect. Oh, here's the thing is I think that as I was reading it, in future soon are about the same character, which I thought was brilliant. That being said, I feel like you only really need to listen to six or seven songs. The, maybe he actually put out a, I found out this, that because I, I have a lot of his stuff on, um, on uh, via like Apple Music and Spotify and stuff, but he has a whole bunch of unreleased stuff that he sells just on his website, and he has an entire album of acoustic versions of all the songs that are from this. Oh, okay. Uh, that are like, like Code Monkeys on there for sure, of course, Skull Crusher Mountain. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the songs Curl. stuff, <laughs> they they they, they uh, curls on there. A lot of the stuff that he mentions in this book is all there. So you could even make so Chewy, you were talking about like I thought this was an grand design thing. Now that you've read this, I could make you a playlist and go, hey, here's yeah. all the songs that inspired this, and yeah. you kind of be like. Oh, that's kind of neat. And knowing it from that angle, it makes the book more enjoyable. Kind of in the sense that I can't believe I'm saying this, but in the way that Ready Player One is more enjoyable <laughs> when you know about all the pop culture references. You're like, oh, look, that's that's you know. So what you're saying is I'm just not smart enough. No, what I'm saying is that you don't know the source material that it's based on, and it is required for you to know the source material it's based on to like really, 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 really enjoy it. Um, if you don't. Then, uh, like, if you don't, you're like, oh, it's fine. Or it's kind of all over the place. It's kind of weird and wacky and fun. But, like, I don't understand what they're talking about. Okay, here's here's what I thought. Those little, like, aha moments. Like, oh, that's this. Oh, that little, like, that like like how the Marvel movies used to be. Like, right. oh, that's this. And then your friend looks over and goes, what is that? What does that mean? <laughs> the problem, though, is that they stop doing that two issues in. They do. Chewie, yeah. and, or Chewie, and Ryan, uh, Chewie and Ryan, would you believe that after the second issue... This is just as much wacky for us as it is for you. Yeah, I believe that. Yeah. yeah. So it's like you need you once need... all the villains show up, then it's done. You're like, yeah, okay, and then you're it. just like, it's all right, right, well, now we're just playing with the same toys that we set up. So as long as you yeah. suspend your disbelief for the initial setup, then the rest of this is kind of just the same ride for everybody. Yeah. Which honestly, I was kind of not super stoked about. I, there are so many other songs they they could have pulled from, and made this like even more like nerd filled and and fun. But also, yeah, true. I think you're right about the zombie thing. Yeah, I, I can understand that. I think they tried to like tie it in and work, and I feel like if there was more groundwork laid for that. It would have worked yeah, a lot better. I think, like it didn't seem like a big threat until right at the end. Exactly. I think this, if it would have gotten, what was this, four issues? Yeah, four issues. I think if given all the things that they did want to touch on in here, if they had gone six issues. It it felt probably a little bit more yeah. like just it would it flow a little bit or you you lose that and you can spend more time doing some of the other kind of uh, main beats right and I, I think 
that they talked about that this was kind of like a personal project more than anything. Like the fact that they got published at all is sort of amazing. Well, they kickstarted it. Yeah. It was, and it was like a really early, really early in the realm of like Kickstarter comic books and stuff. There, there wasn't much. Right. And so Kickstarter was still very much a like, what are those weirdos doing on the internet kind of a situation when they did this? Um, not like now where like kickstarting comic books, like you kickstart a comic, it gets enough press and enough people pay for it so that you make it and then the image or somebody buys the license to it and then you print a bunch of copies but yeah. then it was just like comics on the internet <laughs> and, yeah. and people are paying for these oh, or, wait a minute. Hang I on a pay second. money and then later you make the comic. Yeah, that was that was the confusing part. Hold on a second. I gotta say that I do really enjoy all the character designs. I thought the character designs yeah. were amazing, including the punky. I really like the Gosh, punky. The punky was. Uh, it's adorable, but also grotesque. Yeah. And I feel so sorry that it exists. Um, I thought Skullcrusher was really cool because he looks very, very like villainy. But um, he looks like he looks like what a what a nerd would would imagine a, yeah. a really cool dude oh, would look like. That totally is, true. That is that is is now that I think about that because I love that song. Uh, when I think about it, like, yep, that's that's what he looks like. He's just some nerd who couldn't like you know hack it, so he became a they, super villain. They instead. explain the pony monkey in the song, and there's one line that I really enjoy, which is, "Isn't it enough?" Because he's he's trying to woo a girl, being like, "Look how evil I am, and don't you like me?" What, what's the word? Uh, what's the chorus? I'm so into you, but I'm way too smart for you. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's such a he's uh, such a jerk, and he thinks yeah. he's no. But the part the, the part that's that's really great is he goes he talks about the whole like the whole half mo- pony half monkey monster, and he goes, "Isn't it enough to know that I ruined a pony making a gift for you?" I just love that line. It's so good. It's, so uh, weird. it's like a poor hapless guy who tries to he thinks he's cool, but he's not at all, and just he's a monster. Including the uh, the secret agent. The secret agent isn't from anything, no. right? Okay, that's, I, they I, just I, I didn't think that. so. No, they just included because he's that. also like the fact that his mom is like the chairman or whatever. I was trying to Earth. see if there was any song. I I couldn't find. Anything I couldn't that was think like of anything. That. Um, not that I could think. I wonder of. if there's an annotated version that goes panel by panel with what references. Yeah, or what. maybe. Also, "Creepy Doll" is not my favorite song, so I'm oh, kind of like the song eh. "Creepy Doll." <laughs> I love um, "I Crush Everything." So Arcatuthis is my favorite character in this whole thing. Uh, just the giant squid is yeah, fantastic. I, I crush um, everything is a love song written from a point of view of a giant squid. <laughs> uh, it's a it's a song where the where basically it's from the point of the, the squid and he wants he he thinks that the things on the on the ocean are so beautiful and pretty and he just wants to like be a part of that world and he goes to like hug them and love them and then crushes them. <laughs> And so he's like, and then the dolphins make fun of him. This is why I like Jonathan Colton, because I, I, I talked about this with Ryan, a totally different thing. But I like songs that aren't always about like my feelings and how much I like you and how or how you don't like me or how like I just want to dance. I like songs that have varied different topics. You like storytelling songs. And Jonathan Colton is kind of like, like old a weird... school rap where it to- told a they, story. They talk jo- about their weekend. Jonathan yeah. Colton is a weird mix of They Might Be Giants and Weird Al Yankovic. That's so it's like true. the perfect music for like if I if I could be the my ideal songwriter, this is the kind of stuff I would write songs about. Also, he has a I've look, tried. It didn't write turn songs out well. about the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. Sure. Yeah. He also Absolutely. he has a he has a love song about um uh, uh, like it's it's a very supportive love song, uh, written from the perspective of Pluto's moon to Pluto, yeah. uh-huh. because they're like, hey, look, like, because they say that you're not a planet anymore, but I don't believe that. You'll always be a planet to me. And they're roughly uh-huh. the same size, and they actually orbit around each other. 
So, so it's it's, funny. it's a very sweet song. Uh, actually, I really like that song. A it's lot. one of Jen and I's favorite songs. Uh, the art in this is really good. I really like all the character design. I really like all the colors. It's just fun, like manga esque. Yeah, ridiculousness. It's just like, and, and I think I think part of the, I think that it it might have gotten tedious if it was six issues, but at four issues, yeah, you have to just everything has to be constantly moving. You just got and it. it, and it it makes it like kind of gives it that madcap feel. Yeah, and, and truly, like this is a love letter to like, hey, you like Jonathan Colton stuff? Here you go. Yeah, like this is for you. Yeah. So you anyway, it was fun. I I enjoyed it. It's silly and dumb. If you like Jonathan Colton, uh, check it out. If you haven't listened to Jonathan Colton's music, maybe uh, give it a listen. Give like I think he has one called Joko Looks Back, which goes over about ninety percent of the songs. That that are that are like needed for this to be like completely understandable um, or to be like, Hey, I get that reference. So if you want to be captain America, uh, you should uh, listen to that and then check this out. Uh, cool. So now we move on to the uh, third part of our show, the four color character compendium, which we talk about uh, comic book characters, sometimes superheroes, super villains, super teams. Uh, we talk about the people who make and write comic books and comics in general. Uh, so the artists and writers, um, it's kind of a uh, history lesson and a vocab lesson all rolled into one. So it's my turn this time. And uh, I decided uh, I, I wanted to do one and I gave these two, these three gentlemen uh, a choice. Ryan didn't get to vote. Unfortunately, he was the last no. one. So his vote didn't matter. Um, so I gave him two choices based on, based on two words. One was sellout and the other was, uh, independent. You guys chose sellout yes. and I don't mean sell it in a bad way. In fact, it happened to bite this man, uh, in the butt a little bit and he regretted doing it, uh, which is kind of the, the flipped coin version, the other side of the coin for the other person. We're going to talk about a comic book, a, a, a actually very influential, uh, comic strip artist. You guys might know him. Uh, his name's Charles Schultz. Oh, uh, okay. Nice. Alan, he also couldn't draw. No, I'm just kidding. Um, you both can draw, is what I'm saying. Wow, okay. He was told, I mean, we're going to get to his story, but he was told in high school he could not draw. And then now they have a statue of Snoopy wow. in, in, at the school. <laughs> um, so Charles Schultz, uh, you guys who might know him uh, as the creator of the Peanuts Gang. So Charlie Brown, Snoopy. Uh, one of the Peanut. longest syndicated comic uh, writers ever no. uh, put on put on the same pedestal as people like Jim Davis, uh, Matt Groening as well. Um, oh, and the, the other guy. option that you guys didn't pick, Bill Watterson. And I actually feel like Ryan would be probably a better person to talk about Bill Watterson anyway. I don't know who that is. Uh, yes, you do. <laughs> um, so uh, Bill Watterson. You know who Bill Watterson? Okay, yeah. good. <laughs> no, I know Calvin these two. House. I know. I know. <laughs> so he's the reason I exist because without you, I don't actually exist. So, I'm just a stuffed animal. <laughs> yes, that's, that's true. true. That's true. Um, in fact, one time Chewie and I went to a party dressed as <laughs> Calvin and Hobbes, and it, it was actually a roommate Matt's uh, old roommate's party, and a drunk man kept in, in, insisting that he was Tigger. He he saw me and he's like, "Oh, awesome! You're Tigger!" And I was like, "And oh, I was standing no. right next to you." Yeah, and I'm like, "Oh no, no uh, I'm." Hobbs like Calvin and Hobbs and I pointed at, at and I waved. us and then he's like oh no man you're Tigger I get it and I was like no no Calvin and Hobbs is Car- he's Calvin I'm Hobbs he's like no man you're Tigger <laughs> so I was like telling you okay telling cool. you that you're not who you say you are uh so I wonder if he'd had anything to drink that night uh, he did. Uh, so he was born. In, so Charles Schultz was born in Minneapolis, Minnesota, on uh, November twenty sixth, nineteen twenty two. Uh, he was third child of his parents. Uh, he also had an uncle who called him Sparky, which became uh, his nickname as a child. Um, he always loved to draw and really enjoyed drawing his family dog Spike, who, believe it or not, 
ate unusual things such as pins and tacks. In fact, he drew a picture of Spike and sent it to Ripley's Believe It or Not. And it was printed in a a syndicated panel uh, that said, A hunting dog that eats pins, tacks, and razor blades is owned by C.F. Schultz, St. Paul Min, and drawn by Sparky. (laughs) C.F. Schultz was his father, Carl Fred Schultz. That's awesome. So he, he was, uh, he, when he was in elementary school, he skipped two and a half uh, grades. He was kind of a shy, timid teenager um, when he went to high school. Um, one well-known episode in his high school life was the rejection of his drawings by his high school yearbook, which he referred to later in Peanuts comics when he had Lucy ask Charlie Brown to sign a picture he drew of a horse, only to then say it was a prank. <laughs> what a jerk. Um, oh, and na- but now a five-foot-tall statue of Snoopy was placed in the school's main office 60 years later. So goes to show you, don't listen to kids in high school or your friends who tell you that your art is not good. Wait, because they really probably will end up regretting that statement. Or was it like the art teacher was like, no, 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 this is just his peers were like, no, and the the yearbook even said, no, we don't want. Okay, I thought want this. Well, I figured there's like an adult in charge of the yearbook who was like, no, 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 it's real. Usually, there's like a it's a kids committee. They probably have like adult approval, but the kids usually get to decide. It's like a whole yearbook committee. Um, so, uh, he actually uh, served in the military for a long time, uh, during world war two. Uh, he, uh, served as a staff sergeant, uh, and as a squad leader on a 50 caliber machine gun team, he, his unit only saw combat at the very end of the war. Schultz said he had one opportunity to fire his machine gun, but forgot to load it. Ah, fortunately the German soldier he could have fired at willingly surrendered. So, okay. The creator Charlie Brown could have been <laughs> dead in a foxhole somewhere. He could have been. Know. He also could have killed a guy, but he didn't. Uh, he that's also true. Um, Not because he didn't try, though. I, yeah, yeah, but yeah. he. I would, dude. How, how much of his story would have changed if he succeeded in killing a guy? Yeah. Like, would would he have drawn like the Peanuts gang, or <laughs> would he have like done something else? Like, I mean, he probably he, he would have become dead. Alan Moore. Yeah, he would have become Alan Moore. I don't know. So he started uh, when he got back from the war in 1947. He started a weekly one panel joke series called Lil, Lil Folks, uh, which was in the St. Paul Pioneer Press. Uh, so he was doing little one panel drawings. That's where uh, some of the first use of the name Charlie Brown came from mm-hmm. um, was in these comics. He had four different gags with that uh, one, with three different boys, as well as one buried in sand. Uh, so uh, he actually uh, the series also had a dog that looked very much like Snoopy. Uh, and in 1948, uh, he started doing those one-panel comics, the Saturday Evening Post, uh, and there were 17 untitled drawings by Schultz that were published in the Post by the time by the end of that two years. Uh, let's see here. Uh, so he started doing that. He kept doing that. He he actually ended up uh, was approached by United Feature Syndicate uh, for the one. Pa- uh, he actually went to them with the one-panel series, and uh, he started doing multiple-panel series, which they were into a little bit more. And so that's how the Peanuts were born. Uh, the weekly page debuted on January 6, nineteen fifty-two, uh, and he continued to do that until I believe nineteen uh, ni- actually uh, the year two thousand. Actually, is when the last one was published. He finished it in nineteen ninety-nine. He had to retire. Um, so fifth, uh, at the height, Peanuts was published daily in 2,600 uh, newspapers in 75 countries and 21 languages. Wow. Yeah, it's a lot. Uh, and over 50 years that Peanuts was published, Schultz drew nearly 18,000 strips. 
the strips plus merchandise and product endorsements, which uh, apparently, according to Bill Watterson, Schultz had told him he later regretted giving a lot of that uh, that up. It made him a lot of money, but he also had less control over his characters and what products they were they were pushing. Hence, uh, MetLife. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, use at Knott's Berry Farm and such. Um, but during the strips one, this I found pretty interesting. During the strips run, Schultz took only one vacation. In all of his wow. years. In 50 years. A five-week break in late 1997 to celebrate his 75th birthday. Reruns of the strips ran during his vacation. The only time that occurred during Schultz's life. That's nuts. He did it every single week for 50 Jeez. years. It's nuts, right? Uh, yeah, so that's pretty nuts. No. Okay, thank you, Ryan. I thought you were going to go there. <laughs> pretty peanuts. No. Uh, he also was in, He also was involved in a lot of the TV specials. So the Charlie Brown Christmas, which everyone knows. Um, and uh, all, he actually was involved until he died. Uh, there's actually a new special that was published in, or it was actually put out in 2011 called Happiness is a Warm Blanket, Charlie Brown. Uh, he co-wrote or wrote uh, all the TV specials and carefully oversaw the production of them, so he was really on the ground floor of that, so the tone was the same. Uh, the thing with the Peanuts, that actually we had a friend who uh, used to work at uh, at an animation studio who... Uh, actually worked on the Peanuts movie, which I don't know if you've seen. Have you seen the Peanuts movie, Ryan? Yeah, we've watched did, it several did times. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, it's cute. It, I, I think it got the tone right, and I, I reminded this person, I was like, I know you're not in on it, but they're little adults. Don't forget that. And that's really what the Peanuts gang was. They're just adults that are children, essentially. Because Charlie Brown is very neurotic, uh, has a lot of that shyness and weirdness. In fact, um, Charlie Brown, the principal character, was named after a co-worker uh, that Schultz drew much, and Schultz drew much from his experience of his own life uh, in char- for Charlie Brown, for example, Charlie Brown's parents uh, were a barber and his mother was a housewife, which is actually who Schult- how Schultz's parents were. Huh. Um, Charlie Brown often, like Schultz, felt shy and withdrawn. Um, and uh, Schultz also did have, as we mentioned, an intelligent dog. Yeah, <laughs> who ate tacks and razors. <laughs> um, which I don't. That would be amazing. Sharp dog. It would be amazing if you saw Snoopy just start eating like nails, <laughs> just chowing down on the <laughs> yeah. bag of nails. Yeah. Uh, they didn't save his dog wore sunglasses and assumed the alternate identity of a guy named Joe Cool, who as a kid, I would purposely kind of like my friend who would tell me that Bert and Ernie were the opposite. I would tell people that Joe Cool and Snoopy were two separate people. Uh-huh. Um, they're like, but I'm like, they're like, you never see him in a room together at the same time. So they're two separate people, um, which was not, the opposite. Advi- yeah. I was a dumb kid. <laughs> Uh, references to Snoopy's brother Spike living in Needles, California, yeah, yeah. was because he actually his family was moved moved to Needles. Well, his dog's name was Spike and would eat like <laughs> sharp stuff. <laughs> um, Schultz, uh, this is the one I really enjoyed. Schultz's inspiration for Charlie Brown's unrequited love for the little redhead girl was Donna Mae Johnson, an Art Instruction Inc. accountant who whom he fell in love with. Uh, when Schultz finally uh-huh. proposed to her in June 1950, short after shortly after he had made his first contract with his syndicate, she turned him down and married another man oh good grief <laughs> sounds about right yeah. yep um and uh so a c- couple of things peppermint patty was based off of his cousin uh and whose name was patricia uh and he got the idea after seeing some seeing some peppermint candies in his house uh so as far as personal life goes uh, he had some ups and downs, uh, got divorced a few times. His marriage was in trouble. Uh, his second wife was almost kidnapped at one point. Really? That's a pretty interesting life Wait, story. Was, was in she almost kidnapped because yes. of, oh my God. They, two, two gunmen in ski mask broke into their home and Jeez. tried to kidnap her. And, uh, their, uh, I think Schultz's daughter showed up and they were scared and ran away. 
But they so, almost but, kidnapped But he like targeted her He was like Oh that's the Peanuts family His second wife Who Chewy by the way This is where you'll like Charles Schultz okay. His second wife Who he met At the hockey rink That he owns Sick Charles Schultz Was a big fan of hockey As you can tell In a lot of his Peanuts yeah, yeah. like specials And stuff He really likes hockey um, He actually owned The uh, Santa Rosa Redwood Empire Ice Arena uh, And he featured A snack bar Called the Warm Puppy uh, uh, so there, it, and actually, he also started in 1975 Snoopy's Senior World Hockey Tournament aw. at the uh, Redwood Empire Ice Arena. So he's a big, was a big, big, big hockey fan. Um, he also hosted an over 75 hockey tournament in 1998. Um, sounds dangerous. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, he, they've actually <laughs> since they've actually since renamed that um, that uh, the Highland Park Ice Arena into the Charles M. Schultz Highland Arena in his honor. Um, so towards the end, uh, in the eighties, he actually started having some issues with heart surgery. He had some issues with, uh, he had essential tremor. He would have to hold his, his own hand to like draw stuff. So if you look at some of the art from around that time, the lines were kind of shakier. He ended up taking beta blockers, which, which helps with that. Um, but he actually ended up dying in 1999. Uh, he had colon cancer, which is metastasized. Uh, and he announced that he, because he couldn't see clearly because of the chemotherapy in December 14th, 1999, he announced the retirement. And he said that he said, quote, I had never dreamed that that would happen to me. I always had the feeling that I would probably stay with the strip until I was in my early eighties, but all of a sudden it's gone. It's all been taken away from me. I didn't, I, I did not, I, I did not take this away from me. Uh, something, so something else took it. He didn't get to choose on his own. He kind of had to, it didn't have much of a choice. Um, Aww. When asked if in the final strip, uh, Charlie Brown would finally be able to kick the football, his response at first was, oh, no, definitely not. I couldn't have Charlie Brown kick that football. That would be a terrible disservice to him after nearly half a century. But in a December 1999 interview, Holding Back Tears, Schultz recounted the moment when he signed his final strip, saying, all of a sudden I thought, you know, that poor, poor kid, he never even got to kick the football. (laughs) What a dirty trick. He had a chance to kick the football. Uh, he never had a chance to kick the football. Uh, unfortunately, Charles Schultz, in on February twelfth, two thousand, uh, died in his sleep at his home uh, at nine forty-five p.m. of colon cancer. Crazy thing: the last peanut strip was published the next day, February thirteenth, uh, uh, because these are usually done weeks and weeks after they're done. Uh, but this guy has won a countless amount of, uh, of awards, like. I mean, as I was a kid, even I was a kid reading the peanuts, peanuts in the in the newspaper. They, they, they oh, were yeah. in our newspaper here in Orange County. They were the first comic on the top. Peanuts yeah, was the yeah. number one thing. Yeah. I think Garfield was, I think, second after that. So, yeah. like, stupid cat. There are a lot of co- car- cartoonists and comic artists uh, and strip, especially comic strips, which you don't talk a lot about on the show. But I thought, like, I want to do something different than like the typical. Hey, let's talk about Jack Kirby, or let's talk about you know one of the the comic book guys and went and, and kind of focus, kind of like Alan did when we talked about the creator of Astro Boy, somebody different who's also really important to the comics industry. Um, I mean, probably one of the, lo- if not the, one of the longest running syndicated strips, especially done by the original author, uh, and has spawned countless different things. He has a, a star on the Hollywood walk of fame, uh, which was presented to him at Knott's Berry farm, uh, uh, in 1996 where camp Snoopy resides. If you're in the local area, if you go to, to, to Knott's Berry farm, you'll see Snoopy and the peanuts gang. Um, there was, uh, he's had a lot of different things named after him. He's the grand marshal in this and the Rose parade at one point. Um, he got, there's a, a, a congressional, uh, gold medal with him on it. Uh, yeah. He's also in the United States figure skating hall of fame. He had quite the, quite the <laughs> wow. impact. 
and probably as far as theme park mascots go, for me, right behind old Mickey Mouse, at least in my Orange County boy heart, will always be Snoopy, who's associated forever uh, at Knott's Berry Farm. Or, as we jokingly say, our favorite Disney character, not created by Disney, but created by Charles Schultz. Yes. <laughs> He's um, really popular as a character. Snoopy's really popular as a character in Japan. Really? Yes, yeah. he is. He has a huge popularity there. And, like, I mean, honestly, a lot of us know, I mean... I, 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 I'd be hard-pressed to find somebody who doesn't know who Snoopy or Charlie yeah. Brown is at this point, sure. especially in America. Alan, do you know who Snoopy is? Yeah. I generally have an idea. Also, he's something the, they didn't really... Is, right? is Snoopy ever spoopy? Uh, no. Yes. <laughs> yes, he dresses as a ghost. Also, oh. also something they didn't really touch on, um, but they had... Uh, I don't know if it's the first, but definitely one of the first, at least in a syndicated strip of a, of a, of a black kid. Uh, Franklin, yeah, and and Franklin was not like stereotypical in any way. He was just like another kid. Like he wasn't like anything. He's like, yeah, yeah Franklin, it's me. Hi, hi. I've always been here. <laughs> yeah, I've always been here. Um, but yeah, so uh, that is Charles Schultz. I'm a big fan of Charles Schultz. I always love the Peanuts. I always love that it never treated kids or people reading it like it. Honestly, never treated kids like they were dumb. Like it also, it honestly treated kids like they were little, little adults. They have anxiety and problems. Like for God's sake, Lucy's a psychiatrist. Like it doesn't teach kids that like, oh, we're just going to play football and we're going to play tag. Like they were, they were goofing around with some pretty heady concepts for children, which I thought was pretty funny. And I always really enjoyed. Does the Uh, football exist? Does it Charlie Brown? What am I pulling away from you? Yeah. Five cents, please. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so yeah, that is Charles Schultz. Uh, and now we move on to the final part of our show, the, uh, end of our show, the back matter, like any good comic book, uh, we end talking about, uh, news and goings on in the comic book world and movies and stuff like that. Uh, Ryan, boy, howdy. You were like, I'm going to commit to something for back matter. And you have been tired of like, what do you guys got to talk about? And I'm like, I had stuff. Ryan, you have a whole half hour before we, that's why I I powered through (laughs) Charles Schultz. I did this man a disservice for all the news that you you have to talk about. Uh, so let's talk about all the stuff you've written down quite a bit. I'm just going to let you, you, you go, go nuts. I mean, I, okay. Um, <laughs> to be fair, you wrote down some stuff that I was like, "Oh, this is interesting," and I looked and I'm like, "Oh, Ryan already wrote it down." Well, you could talk about it no. too. It's not like I put my name on it. You did. Uh, Jeff got Jones. allergies. <laughs> he's, he's, no, he it's does. not allergies. Oh, you Jeff actually got cold. Quit his job. Yeah, as the president of DC Entertainment. He sure did. Good, so that he could write the Green Lantern movie. Are you messing with me right now? No, I'm not. Are you telling me the truth? I am telling that's you true. the truth. This is greenlit. This is the thing that's happening. Like, he is, this is mandated. He has stepped down as president of DC Entertainment, and it's a, and they asked him, "What are you gonna do?" Well, I gotta write the Green Lantern movie. Is what he said. Ryan, I, <laughs> I don't hope from Alan for the DC Entertainment universe. <laughs> okay, I don't get like that excited feeling about IPs very often, uh-huh. except for two times, one. When we when I was watching all the new stuff they were announcing for Super Smash Brothers from E3, that was pretty cool. Everybody but Waluigi, and then well, everybody who's ever been in a Smash Brothers game is there. But and Waluigi, then, he's never been in one. That's true. He's never and been in he one. He will continue. To they might. One. They might put him in as a skin. I, I mean, they put that. Ridley in for crying out. Well, that's an inside joke for Smash Brothers for a long time. That's though. gross. Secondly, <laughs> um, I felt it immediately after you finished that sentence. Okay. That <laughs> I want that. I need that. That makes me very, very excited. I need that Pokeball Plus. I need that Mew. I need that. I need that Pokeball <laughs> Plus. I need that Super Smash Brothers, and I need that Jeff Johns written Green Lantern movie. <laughs> well, you're getting He's it. Really excited. Whether you I'm like it or not, excited. it's coming. 
good. Yeah, there's a Listen, lot actually happening over in in DC world. They uh, they announced a whole slate of Vertigo books this week. Um, a whole bunch of brand new Vertigo books that aren't tied to the DC universe at all. That are all it doesn't say the articles that I've read about it don't say whether or not they're creator owned, uh, which is a surprise because that was part of what Vertigo did for for a period of time. Um, but it, but it wasn't. It's not clear whether these are. But they're all non continuity books. They're books that sort of exist on their own. Um, and there's uh, internet's not loading, so I can't tell you the whole list. Uh, but Zoe Quinn is writing one of them that is about um, hackers, and it's there's okay. Here we go. I've pulled it up. Uh, one of them is called Border Town. It's actually written by Eric Esquivel, who is a friend of the yep. show. Uh, with art by Ramon Villalobos, and it is um, about a crack in the border between worlds. Oh, uh, with a, a small town in Arizona where you know things like chupacabras and stuff keep showing up, and there's a Sick. group of high school misfits who are trying to keep everybody from getting killed. Nice. Um, there's a book written by Ben Blacker, uh, who's one of the guys who writes that podcast, The Thrilling Adventure Hour. Uh, called Hex Wives, uh, and it's about a group of coven of witches who are um, subservient sub- suburban housewives who sort of wake up to the fact that they're, it turns out they are super powerful. <laughs> Sounds fun and, and messy. Uh, a book called American Carnage about a crime saga, about a disgraced FBI agent and his family. Um, a book called Goddess Mode, written by Zoe Quinn, um, with art by the person who did art for Federal Bureau of Physics, the Robbie Rodriguez. Um, all of humanity's needs are, in the near future, all humanity's needs are administered by a godlike AI, and it's one young woman's horrible job to do tech support on it. What? Uh, That's crazy. Um, let's see. That sounds and then those are all coming out job. this year, and then there's a couple more coming out in 2019. One of them is called High Level. Uh, and it's about, looks like some sort of child messiah in a post-apocalyptic future. Oh, it's a cable uh, book. Then a book called Safe Sex about um, a world where pleasure is monitored, regulated, and policed by the government. And then a, a the final book, which just sounds insane, uh, it's it's called Second Coming. It's written by Mark Russell, who was writing the Flintstones book that I heard was really, really Aww. funny. He also has written a book called God is Disappointed in You. Um, <laughs> Sounds uh, right. But the the story is basically that there is a Superman analog and God sends Jesus back to Earth to be his son. Uh, because, because this all-powerful superhero is like the varsity quarterback son God never had. Uh, that's awesome. Yes, that sounds great. I'll see this. Uh, but then when he gets to back to earth, Jesus is appalled at what the gospel has become and tries to set it straight. Oh and the boy. cover, the cover is great. It's got, it's got this Superman analog totally punching a dude. And at the same time, the Jesus guy is like handing another dude some bread to eat. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, so it sounds like vertigo is doing something fun over there. Um, speaking more about DC, they're doing a crisis this summer. I mean, it's, yeah. Oh, some big how, summer how, wait, how many Earths is it going to be? Uh, I guess it's Heroes in Crisis, and it's about some sort of like hero psychiatric hospital that uh, suddenly people start breaking free. Um, Arkham? 
No, no, Heroes. no. Like a like a. Oh, it's gonna focus on sanctuary, a mental health crisis center for superpowered people of the DC universe, and what happens when it fails. That's gonna be like Jen is gonna be all over that book. Uh, Tom King is writing it. Oh, okay. so he's yeah. the guy who's been writing Super Batman. Spider Batman, Batman recently. That's supposed to be good. Super Spider Batman. Super I know Spider that. Batman. It's <laughs> <laughs> a new amalgam book we never read, <laughs> which I would read. Um, but yeah, that's that is this summer in DC. Heroes Dude, in Crisis. You know what else is this summer in DC? No, tell is, me. Remember Jimmy. their streaming service? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. DC apparently Universe. DC Universe set to launch August in late August 2018. Um, they, let's see, they talked a little bit more about this and saying like, it's going to have, you know, some of the exclusive like movies on their original shows. For example, Swamp Thing, uh, is going to be on there only on DC universe. Um, some of the live action shows and development, um, as well are Titans, Doom Patrol and uh, Metropolis, uh, two animated series, Young Justice, Outsiders and Harley Quinn. Um, but this I didn't know about. It'll be more than just video content, according to uh, according to them. Um, comics is going to be a component as well. They're going to be digital movies, uh, TV shows that you can stream. We're going to have a lot of comics on there. Um, they haven't specified if it's going to be new releases or mm. you know re-releases of like older stuff. I wonder but, if it's going to be kind of like Marvel Unlimited. Yeah, that would make the most limited, sense, which would be like, you know, hey, like all our comics plus our streaming stuff. Yeah. So that. That intrigues me. Eyebrow is raised. Yeah. Left eyebrow raised. And that's my intrigue eyebrow. I don't know. So. Uh, so sp- yeah. Yeah. Speaking of intrigue with with DC, um, I don't have all the details about it, but they also had like a huge management shakeup. Like not only did Jeff Johns leave, but. Their president also left, and they haven't announced the replacement yet. Hmm. Um, but they they got some some stuff happening with the whole movie situation. Yeah, obviously Aquaman, I guess, is coming out next summer, and that one's for sure. Um, but besides that, uh, there's a lot of talk about a Batman movie that may or may not contain Ben Affleck. Hmm. Last I heard is that it's going to focus on young Batman. Hmm. Uh, so that's interesting. Uh, they have the guys who wrote. Uh, Spider-Man Homecoming working on the Flash movie. Okay. And their, work. their touch point, the thing that they're looking at most carefully to emulate the theme and the feel of it is, Ian, you sitting down. Back to the Future. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, okay. Uh, they, I guess they're I also that. working on two Joker movies. Yeah. yeah I heard about this. So, yeah. so, so they're, they're talking about this, the idea of, so, of having like a, like a DC Elseworlds movie label, but instead of it, they were like, well, the, the names we'll get right now are DC black or DC dark. This is not a joke. This is literally, I read well, an article. DC, that says, call it Elseworlds. D- DC black is a thing in the comics, isn't it? I don't like, I thought there, I, was, I, I there thought was I, I recently there was read Justice League Dark. No, I thought I recently read something like when I was looking for stuff here, something about like comic saying something like DC Black imprint, which is I, maybe, I don't know. Maybe it's there in some sort of pop up imprint. But yeah, there, like. there's the Scorsese, uh, Joaquin Phoenix Joker origin. Uh, it's but not. Then there's also yeah, but it's not. I think it's Todd Phillips is attached to that now. Ma- uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who makes some is pro- in a producing. Oh, he's producing yeah. it. Okay, and, and then, then there's also there's the Jared Leto Joker. Yeah. So they're they're and they're making both of them. Okay. 
Um, and here's, I also saw a picture of uh, Zachary Levi at some sort of like. Uh, yeah, yeah. Did you and see the picture? They're of that? actually making a Shazam. Movie. Oh, it's already they, done. Yeah. Because he's at some sort of thing that they do with like marketing and stuff, trying mm-hmm. to pick up like sponsors and stuff. And it was a picture of him. I don't know if this was like meant they've to got be that, like. Yeah, a, they've shown the suit. Well, yeah, and it's him drinking like a like a big gulp looking thing, but it yeah. doesn't have a logo on. I'm like, is that to like sell the a soda, or is or, that just or like, is that like like a, a like a he's a kid in a grown up body, and that's the bit, or a joke in the movie about yeah. how he's selling his. Like I don't know. Who knows? I I think with reference to the Jared Leto Joker thing, this is my favorite quote uh, from Leto. I'm a little confused too, but yeah, (laughs) there are a couple things happening in the DC world. Leto previously told Variety about his plans for the the Joker movie. Oh, They're man. in trouble, man. I'm telling you. What, what else did he say? It seemed like they just were figuring it out. Like Justice League Joker. wasn't great, great, but it wasn't that bad. A really fun character to play. It's a big universe, and when you play the Joker, there's no ownership there. You have the honor of holding the baton for a little while and passing it off, but there are other films in development, and I'm excited to see what comes from them. But yeah, it's. I just like, yeah, I'm a little confused about that, too. Apparently, there's some stuff going on. <laughs> I'm going to just... Keep on yeah. chugging along. Yeah. As long as the money shows up. Uh, um, speaking of confusing things, Netflix is releasing a comic book. Okay. Yeah. Because so so Netflix earlier it's this called year Stranger Things. No, earlier this year, or last year, Netflix and Mark Millar, or rather Mark Millar, sli- signed an exclusive contract with Netflix. Oh, that's right. Okay. Saying basically like, sense. hey, I'm Mark Millar. Everything I do, Netflix, you get to Mar- sell like it. Like Millar World or whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. And so the first thing he's doing. Oh, it says right there in the link you linked. Is, <laughs> Cronauts. Is, Cronauts. No, no. The first thing is a comic book uh, called Magic Order. And it's and it's it's still being put out by Image, but Netflix has their logo on it. And it's technically like a Netflix production. Um, but the the pitch is just classic Mark Millar. It's like, oh, what we did was we took Harry Potter and we're making it really dark and there's gangsters. <laughs> I'm literally like literally reading. That's that's exactly what he said. Uh, so so that's so Netflix is now making comic books. Um, what they're, else we got? They're uh, also Netflix's. Um, so I guess uh, Hulu. Dropped uh, Lock and Key, but Netflix is in final negotiations for a full season of Lock and Key. Oh, nice! That's that Joe Hill book we yeah, read yeah, yeah. of it a while ago. Um, uh, remember Cena Grace did Iceman? Yeah, and, and they, it was really well they received. That and one they canceled it, and it's coming back. There's They're a new, it out. There's a new Cena Grace Iceman number one coming out in November. Yep, I just found out about that today. Yep, bringing like it back. Team. Um, speaking of people who. Um, have have had some ups and downs. Stan Lee update. Yeah, what's going on? So the last I heard is he have a he took out a restraining order, or someone helped him take out a restraining order against his manager, uh, who who may or may not have been scheming to sort of get access to his finances and funds. However, the the suspicion is that the the people who helped him are his daughter, who is also trying to scheme to get access to his finances. Yeah, he doesn't have a good relationship with his daughter, from what I understand. But she has an interesting relationship with his funds. Yeah, she um, likes to take his money. Yeah. So, so, but uh, apparently, uh, the LAPD is investigating allegations of elder abuse against Stanley, mm. and the restraining order of his manager, Kaya Morgan, is is involved with that. Mm-hmm. 
uh, who uh, who apparently also like recently filed filed a fake police report about a mugging. Yeah, yeah. For I heard some about reason, this. I heard like about this. it's just it's just psychopaths all the way down. It's really it's kind of a bummer. bizarre. Um, so Stan needs your help. Reach out to him on Twitter. Yeah. Now, apparently, Chris, you, your your boy, um, I can't think of his name, Clerks. Kevin, uh, Smith Kevin Smith has offered Stanley, hey, come come live in my house. I'll take care of you. Oh, man. But, but he's a stand-up dude, that Kevin Stan, Smith. Stanley needs to you know, take him up on that, man. Sounds like. He's a, he's a stand-up dude, that Kevin Smith. He'll take good care of you. He likes you. Um, Except for when he's sitting down. Sometimes he sits down. He's almost <laughs> lost 50 pounds, man. He's there. He's almost there. He's like 43. I think he has seven more pounds to lose. And he's I'm got just saying. 50. He looks thin, man. He looks good. No, no dude good. can be a stand-up dude all the time. You got to sit That's down. True. Every now and then, yeah. You know, so he also uh, tweeted throne. about the Dumbo trailer. That's how I found out. But he's oh, like, "Take yeah. my money, Disney." And I was like, "Let's see this." And I watched yeah. it. I was yeah. like, "Tears." I Dude, like the uh, should we talk elephant. more about trailers? Um, There's a lot. Yeah, of yeah. Well, I don't. I didn't see a trailer, but I heard a little. The, the, you know, Wonder Woman, the new movie. Oh yeah, yeah. There's like a like a set photo that's come out. Yeah. I, apparently, um, everything and, no, I and, see. And Patty seems... Jenkins announced the official name of the movie. Yeah. What it, is it? Oh boy. Oh man, Wonder Chewy, Woman 1984. Oh yeah, I heard about Whoa. this. Whoa, yeah. so we're gonna go like, are they gonna just pull so from Thor all Ragnarok. that era? Yeah. It's, oh no, it's just gonna be like Wonder Woman, but now it's 1984. 1984. <laughs> like she has aged, you know, or she hasn't aged, or has rather. aged. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do they have any pictures of uh, Kristen Wiig as the as nah, Cheetah? I haven't oh. seen it yet. But they do uh, have. Oh, go ahead. Kristen Wiig in a mocap suit. They do have Chris Pine. <laughs> Ooh! Oh! Or really? Already what? closed that page. Oh yeah, Chris Pine wearing a you know a very eighties tracksuit and yeah. fanny pack. Interesting. And he looks young. He doesn't look like a, somebody movie. who served in World War Two, yeah. World War One, and then died. The set, the set photo is very much like I'm looking at it. I'm sure it'll be far less noticeable like on screen, but it's definitely like they're like, hey. 80s make everyone 80s everyone has to have a mustache everyone has to be wearing short shorts well they already yeah. know they're doing captain marvel as a period piece so they um, gotta they gotta be yeah, but that's to, the 90s yeah. i know like, but still yeah you, yeah you're right alan the 90s 30 swear, years ago i swear if that's if that <laughs> solo cup jazz pattern isn't in the movie i it will lose it, it alan 1990 in two years will be 30 years ago it's true alan I know. It's at least 20 years ago now, <laughs> 1995. When we had 80s nostalgia in the early 2000s, this is why the I 80s were closer to, to the 90s now. Yes. Um, a couple of things before we talk about movie trailers. Um, this was just like a weird, interesting like foreshadowing thing. Um, so Marvel, uh, Marvel Studios has reached out to Jay Chandarsikar, uh, oh, I heard from about this. Broken Lizard. Yeah, Broken um, Lizard are the dudes who do the Super Troopers. Super movies. Troopers. But, but Jay Trandoskar, he's also directed like Arrested Development episodes. Yeah, he's done a and, lot of stuff. And uh, you know who he's else directed? You know who else directed a bunch of Arrested Development episodes? The Russo brothers. Yes, that's true. Who mm-hmm. just directed Infinity War? Yeah, which Alan still hasn't pedigree. seen, right, Alan? So. So okay. they <laughs> so they reached out to him and uh, according to uh, to his quote here, he just said they sent me the Marvel Encyclopedia and they said, "What do you guys want to do?" Um, <laughs> so it's upstairs. My kid's going through it and he's 
gonna make a list of what he thinks we should do, and I'll go through it. I'm just nice. curious to see what a 13 year old's mind comes up with. <laughs> Perfect. All right. And I'm like uh, solid, all right. solid choice. No, no, no. Think about that. Yeah, yeah. Think about that for a minute because that means it probably won't be the thing you expect. Exactly. Which means it'll be another, hopefully, another Guardians of the Galaxy, something that comes out of left field and I mean, is super original and everybody liked. So or, what, what, or, it, or it would be something that you might totally expect, like a 13 year old to pick, but not something that you would match up with. Sure. With that exactly. Group of people. Exactly. I wonder. Like, what are some... I really hope that the kid picks something, like, super weird in B-List. Probably. That's yeah. what I hope. Yeah. I'm trying to think of, like, what other On heroes, slot. like, Wonder Man, <laughs> uh, Ronin, um... Well, it's Mar. It's got to be Marvel, so it's got to be like. Wasn't the there like Avengers. an on? The, wasn't there like a cutting room floor thing of Nathan Fillion as Wonder Man? I heard. Yeah, about there this. was. That was for the Guardians too. Yeah, but oh, it gosh. was it was only going to be like a like movie posters. Spider Woman. No, they can't do that. Did you see Edgar Wright's tweet today? Because it's Chris Pine's birthday. Oh, no, not Chris Pine. Sorry, Chris uh, Evans' birthday. He's like, I remember when we made these four movies together, and he posted four Lucas for the uh, Lucas, Lucas Lee, Lee posters. They're so good. I gotta pull oh, yeah. them up. Yeah, those Lucas Lee posters have always been. Oh great. man, they're but, so good. By the way, Ryan, um, I don't know how we missed this, but uh, there's a little blurb from March 8th of this year about uh-huh. DC Black Label. Oh, okay. Uh, but the comics, Black label. the comics imprint, um, new publishing it's imprint from now. DC Entertainment yeah, gives premier talent the opportunity to expand upon the canon of DC's iconic superhero comic book characters with unique standalone stories that are outside the current DC Universe continuity. So it's Elseworlds, but it sounds fancier. Yeah, exactly. There, it boozy sounds, Elseworlds. Yeah, it's bo- that's what it is. It's Boozy Elseworlds. All right. Well, that's, that's cool. Hey, so speaking of sequels, there's a bunch of them out. This there's at least trailers for them this summer. Action Doctor. Uh, Incredibles two is out this week. Yes. All the reviews I've seen about it are that it's, it's great. either the best Pixar movie or the best superhero movie. I'm ever. going to see it with my dad on Father's Day, with my oh. mom and dad on Father's Day. That's what I have decided because my dad took me to see the first one, and so I feel it's only right that for Father's Day I take him to see the sequel. I think all my kids want to go. It's gonna be work. Uh, <laughs> speaking of sequels from Disney, Wreck It Ralph two. Yeah, it looks. It looks like, like a. It, it looks. looks what, what was the? Uh, uh, the thing. I, it, it. It is it, the. The two tweets. One of them was from me. One of them was from Neil C. But my tweet was: It's the emoji movie, but they can afford the licenses, or they have access to all the characters. And I disagreed with you, but I waited for you to I, figure it out yourself. What my, my thought was, and then you fig, you fixed it at the end. You went. Actually, no. It's more like Ready Player One. Yeah, I it's said. Ready Player. Yeah, true. I was gonna say that's what I said. Oh, yeah, you said I, that, I, and then I he liked, stole it from you. I like Neil. I C. said it to both of you at the same time. I wasn't there when this happened. Yes, you were. Right. I said I, I thought about I it when I, when I read when I read your tweet. I said, "There you go. Work. Now you've got it." Uh, Neil C's tweet was it's amazing that there's a whole subgenre of animated movies that are just food fight with a hundred million dollar budget. Yep. Oh my god. Do you, are you guys familiar with food fight? It's it's a it's a movie in which the <laughs> logos for various uh grocery store food companies come together. And it was supposed to be this big high budget movie. And it's really bad. And then it's, they ended up like, releasing it. It's garbage. It's garbage. It is it's so on, it's on the list of Wikipedia's worst ever. It is awesome. I, uh, just I watched uh, the guy I like online the, the nostalgia critic he did a review of it oh boy it is a hot mess it yeah. is awful. I mean, awful it's a movie starring Charlie Tuna 
The, okay. Yeah, but yeah, the yeah, voice the, the talent rapper? from 2002, no. oh. the Charlie Hold Tuna the, from the, the Sunkiss Tuna, or from yeah, yeah the, the Sunkiss oh, Tuna character of I thought of Sun you're talking Tuna. about no. Charlie Tuna no, no, no. from no, no, I mean like five. this is no. I'm talking about this is the level of character that they went with. Mrs. Butterworth, yep. the the Velastic Pickle Stork. Oh my yeah. God, Mr. Uh, Clean. Yeah. Wait, this movie existed. Yeah, it never was Chewy. officially released. Okay, it, it was, was no, it was no, okay. it has been officially released you years can watch later. It, on the internet. it was the voice. The voice cast was uh, from 2002, by the way. The voice cast: Charlie Sheen, okay, Hillary Duff, okay, uh, Wayne Brady, uh-huh. all people popular from the turn of the century. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, uh, the villain is played by uh, Christopher Lloyd. In what is the most disturbing CGI character I've ever seen animated? I, I can't describe what it looks like. I'll just have to show you this review. You'll watch. You, well, we'll watch this together. And you'll be like, Jesus. why don't I just watch the movie? Because it you don't want to waste two hours of your life versus twenty minutes. <laughs> you don't because you'll probably turn it off midway through. <laughs> I watched. I watched this review and I could get, barely get through that. Speaking of sequels based on products, Lego Movie Two. Yeah, uh, it actually looks like they're going the opposite direction of Wreck-It Ralph, and instead of making it all about the licenses, they're doing some sort of plot. Look, like okay, I I mean, it's, I it's, didn't get to weigh in on my Wreck-It Ralph two thoughts. Okay, I'm sorry. Go I'm ahead, go still ahead. interested to check it out. Sure, me too. To me, it's no more weighted than the video game version that was before. It's just they're using other. They are. Do I get the Emoji Movie reference? But the Emoji Movie, as you and I both know, Ryan. Is Ian, much how many worse times than this. You watch the Emoji movie? I've never watched the Emoji okay, movie, but I have times. watched the I have watched again a review of the Emoji movie, so I know the plot of the Emoji movie. And I'm Five gonna give Disney times. I'm gonna give Disney a little more credit that that this will be better than the Emoji movie. There's a part in the Emoji movie where they're like, "Oh, let's go into Spotify." However, yes, I know. Yeah. And the whole the big the big thing is that somebody's phone might get erased. I don't think that's gonna happen in this movie. I don't think the internet's gonna break. Like even though it says even Ralph, it's breaks, Ralph the, breaks the internet. Yeah, but it's probably not going to be break. Like, oh no, he's deleting everything. And by the way, it's not going to be on somebody's phone. Yeah, I don't know. It's we'll see. I did enjoy the princess joke yeah, that was in the trailer. That was good. cute. Uh, like the part where Cinderella breaks the glass slipper. Yes, and uses it as a weapon. Um, I don't know. We'll see. The Lego Lego Movie Two looked more interesting to me though. Yeah, the, it's kind of all Mad Max at the beginning. It is. Uh, I kind of I was interested. It definitely picks up like with the Duplos. We are the Duplos. Yeah, ap- after the the, the Duplos wrath destroy of the Duplos. everything. Nice. Have you watched the trailer for this Lego Movie uh, Part I guess Two? I might have missed. You it. should. It's it's, it's pretty good. good. And Emmett's still like all it's, happy. It's He's still like everything's great, humor. and everyone else is like, like it's like a dystopian awful <laughs> future. Awesome. Yeah. Um, it looks. Have good. you watched it, Alan? No. Have you even watched the first Lego movie? I did. It was good. Yeah. I took I made Chewie go see it with me and he were like we were both like that movie had no right to be that good. Yep. But it yeah. was. Yeah. Um, somehow. Somehow. Um it's E3 this week. Yeah, so I put a note in here about E3. I watched this today. Not a lot of superhero news at E3 because it's video game related for the most part. Uh, some pretty exciting Nintendo news that Alan was talking about. A lot of big exciting news for video games, but the one thing that's pertinent to our show is they showed some gameplay footage of that new Spider-Man game, 10 minutes of it. And I watched it, and oh man, take I'm re- money. I take my money, man. I love these. It takes me right back to Spider-Man Two on the old PlayStation Two, where you yeah. jump off a building and you're swinging down. The best part that I really liked is, of course, all the webs stick to the, the buildings. That's fine. But what about those points when you're in between the buildings and like you're not quite close enough yet? There's like a thing where you can like you like use two webs to like 
get a light pole and pull yourself and like launch like between nice. like intersections and stuff. Oh, that's cool. It looked crazy. And like the part that I really like, this is really dumb, but like Spider-Man swings and as he swings, he kind of can like look back or like spin around. Yeah. Like, you know, like he's looking around as opposed to just being like, I am going like this. Yeah. Like it looked like they really put some thought into the movement, the animation, everything looks smooth oh, and cool. awesome. That's cool. I am stoked for this game. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's Arkham it's Arkham Asylum or Arkham Arkham City meets Spider Man. It's like uh, what are they releasing that on? Uh, it's it's exclusive be... to PS4. Of course uh, it is because, because Sony. Sony. Yeah. Uh, but it looks really great, and uh, I haven't played the old PlayStation Four in a while, and this will definitely make me power that bad boy back on. Uh, I'm I'm really stoked for that. A lot of good, cool announcements though. If you're a big video game fan uh, at E3, uh, a lot of neat. The stuff. news is all over the internet. Finally. Kingdom Hearts 3 has a release date. There you go. Thank you. You can goodness. finally see Goofy be an anime character again. <laughs> there was so long. There was a really good there was a really good webcomic I saw. The there was a really good webcomic I saw. Alan, Jeez. you'll appreciate this. And you actually Chewie you will too. And actually Maybe Ryan you will too. I think I showed I think I showed this to you, didn't I? I don't know. It was that scene from the Goofy movie where they're driving along yeah. and it's Goofy in the uh, seat yeah. and, and Goofy is like, it says like, uh, what did it say? Like the fans and like over Max, it says Square Enix. Like, okay, Square Enix, now we need to decide is Kingdom Hearts 3 coming out in 2018 or 2019? And it's like looking back and forth. Come on, decide uh, 2019 and they skid over yeah, and yeah. it's just this close up on Goofy's face yeah, yeah. all angry because it's coming out January 29th, 2019. Uh, really? What do you need that extra month for? Yeah. At least around Christmas, make a yeah, boatload yeah. of money. Like, what are you doing? Uh, and they do have Haley Joel Osment coming back. I am shocked who played the main doesn't character. Sound so, like well, wait, it doesn't sound like him, is but he it busy? is. Nope. Well, he, did, like he, was on Sil- he was on Silicon Valley. Okay. That's about it. He was great and he, and he was a, And he's been in the last two Kevin Smith movies. Yeah. It'll probably be in Moose Jaws, which yeah. now has funding, by the way. It's yeah. happening. Uh, Moose, I think Jaws? Moose Jaws. Yes. It's, it's the Jaws third part of his True North trilogy. It's Jaws with a moose. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if Jay and Silent Bob are still planning to die in it. That's what he had said, that they were going to die in it. Yeah. Uh, they are making Jay and Silent Bob a reboot uh, yeah. right now, as I've seen pictures of him in the make, in the, uh, in uh-huh. the, the hair and stuff. So uh, anyway, uh, yeah. Any any other news? Are we all we all out of stuff? Or um, do we want to talk about the, the sad thing? The sad thing. We can talk about the sad thing. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Bourdain, who is a celebrity chef and travel show host and stuff. But he also wrote comics. And, yeah. And he took his own life. Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, this week. So if you have feelings about that, get help. Yeah, there we, are lots of ways that you can get help. Yeah, we don't get um, serious, but yeah, don't do not do it. What comics did he write? Uh, he wrote, uh, a, he mostly wrote books for Vertigo. He wrote a book called, a series called Get Jiro, and then a sequel to that, and then also an anthology book called Hungry Ghosts nice. uh, that had Paul Pope covers and um, well, actually just finished coming out recently. It was pretty good. Uh, it was about like food and spooky stuff at the same time. Nice, um, but yeah, but yeah. Um, he was a I like I was never a big like Anthony Bourdain guy, but like learning about how many people I know had like serious feelings about him, like as yeah, like a that was as like a person who who inspired them to like travel more and to experience new things. It's like. Maybe I missed out on this, what this dude was talking about, and I should probably go back and give it a second look because yeah. I never really got into the Anthony. He kind of like, to be honest, for me, kind of blended in with like the Andrew Zimmermans and all the different people yeah. who do like the food, like he's, the wild he's, food stuff. Having but, watched some of his shows, he's very different than those guys. Yeah, and that's what I've, I've the vibe I've, yeah. I've understood. And they, they actually just, I guess his stuff was about to, one of his shows, um, no, what is it called? No reservations. Is maybe it's no reservations. Was about to go off of Netflix. Yeah, and Netflix and they put like it back signed on a there. new contract so that it could stay on Netflix. 
for a bit longer. Yeah. So it's really sad if you, yeah. And and not to get too serious, but yeah, if you have considered this or thinking about that sort of thing, um, I will say on behalf of all of us, please, there's people to talk to. Don't, don't do something like that. You know, your, your voice is unique to the world. And even if you think no one cares, there's only one, as Mr. Rogers said, there's nobody else like you and we all like you just the way you are. And you should stay here and enjoy this because no matter how hard it gets, it can always get better. And there are people out there who want to listen and help. I, so. I also read a good quote that was less about directed to people kind of going through these struggles. But if you, if you yourself think you might know someone that is going through these struggles, you know, a lot of times we urge those people to seek help, to call a hotline, be that hotline. Yeah. Reach out to that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like, Yeah. We, there's only, we like, don't, don't do it. Don't do it. It's not, it's not, it's not worth it. it it's, there's, 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 there's goodness coming. We promise. Um, okay. So that is going to wrap us up for this issue of four color commentary. Uh, before we go, we want to give you guys a preview of the books we'll be reading next time. Uh, Ryan, I believe it's your turn to pick a first print. It is. It's so my tell turn. us, what is it you bring? Sure. Uh, it's a, the first volume of a collection, but it's, it's a graphic novel in its own right that I've been wanting to read for a really long time. And recently, a bunch of people on Twitter that I know were like, oh, man, this is the best thing. You've got to read this. So we're going to read it. Uh, it is called Mind Management. Management spelled MGMT. Nice. Uh, I've heard a lot about this. Drawn book. and written by Matt Kempt. Uh, and and so we're going to read the first volume of that. For first Prince. Awesome. Uh, Alan, what are we bringing for Here's My History, my friend? Uh, I do believe it's manga time. <gasps> what time, what time, is, time it? is it? I believe it's... Uh, we always do this reverse. Like we gotta figure out a better way to do it because I'm just asking what time it is. Why don't, why don't you, just, why don't you just repeat it and just let it go and just play with the flow with the flow of it? All right, let's just go forward. Um, it's manga time, everyone. It's Yay. manga time. Okay. Uh, do you guys? I'll give you a choice. Um, do you guys want? Oh gosh, super silly, or do you want dark and gritty? I'm gonna let Ryan vote first since he didn't get to vote in the last thing. I like silly. You do. Um, Chewy? You go, because you, you didn't get the vote. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I'm going to vote silly as well. Silly. Okay. So, this is something I've been wanting to bring for a while. Honestly, I might have to have a plan B for this, because uh, I don't know if uh, we're going to be able to find if it. If not, then we'll do dark and gritty, and we'll, we'll tweet it out. I'll give you plan A, which is a manga that teaches you how to play Magic the Gathering. Nice. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> it's called... <laughs> It's called Koi Iro Magic. Uh, K O I I R O Magic. And apparently it is a manga about playing Magic the Gathering. All right. Well, you made you excited. I just got um, at Target. They have these like bundles. That it's like it's like a deck, but then also it comes with two boosters. And normally they're like yep. fifteen ninety nine. Yep. Right now, yeah, there are eleven ninety nine. <gasps> and then if you use your Target red card, you save five percent on that. Bro. I'm going tonight, dude. Let's do it. I'll show you. I'll show you my deck. Well, I just Target got is it. closed. Sorry, you don't know that yes, somewhere. It, yes, it somewhere is. it might be. We don't have any twenty four hour targets in Southern California. We don't, but somewhere the world does, and. God, yes, I just want to play somewhere. magic. Should, what are you bringing for uh, here's my issue next time? Um, yeah, I'm gonna bring. Um, it's a newer book. Came out in March. Um, it is out on IDW. It is a number one, and it is called The Spider King. Ooh. Um, oh man, I don't even know if I want to give you the elevator pitch on this or not, or just let no, you go just blind let into us it. just let us go blind with. I'm the gonna let title. you go blind into it. The Spider King. All right. 
Number one, IDW, uh, written by uh, Josh Van and mm-hmm. art by Simone D'Armini. So I am back to my Marvel uh, round in my uh, rotation, and I'm going to make mine Marvel, uh, and I'm going to do something that we haven't done in a while. Uh, We all seem to, you know, every time I bring a new Marvel book, it's always met with, oh, that's okay, it's fine. So I'm going to do the thing that we love, the Marvel I know we all love. I'm going to bring a classic Marvel book from the Silver Age, which means it'll be severely outdated. And you know what I'm going to bring? And a little racist. And I'm going to bring our favorite couple, Oh man! Tales to Astonish number forty-four, the yes. first appearance of the Wasp, who will yes. be uh, appearing in uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, not yeah. the same character. This is the Janet Van Dyne Wasp, and I could tell from this quote from Marvel Wikia, which is, "Hello, I'm Ant-Man. Perhaps you've heard of me. I've come to help you." That it's going to be exactly what we're looking forward yeah. to from Avengers number one. So we're reading Tales to Astonish uh, number forty-four, uh, the first appearance of Ant-Man and the Wasp together yeah. at last. Uh, Ryan, what about you? Um, I'm, I've been debating. There's a lot of books that I want to read, and a lot of them are recent image books, and it's just a lot of image stuff. But I'm going to bring another recent image book. All right, it's fine. Uh, so I am bringing um, a number one that's super, super recent. Uh, it's called Prism Stalker. Uh, <laughs> oh. And it's written and drawn by Sloan Leong. Oh, that's right. a that's a uh, coincidence. You guys are going to be fighting a prism stalker on Saturday <laughs> in Dungeons and Dragons. Well, thank you for spoiling that for us, Alan. Yeah, totally. I don't even know what that is, but now I'm going to have to look it up in my monster. Doesn't exist. Do you, it's a joke. Oh, okay. Oh. Well, but yeah, it's uh, it's a brand new book. It's been out I'm going to have to guess what that is because now you're going to put it in there. Oh, for sure. <laughs> and it looks weird. <laughs> awesome. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much uh, for 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 joining us for listening with us. Uh, we appreciate you guys all coming along on the journey with us. And, uh, we want to of course invite you back to the only podcast that still somehow one of our hosts, me has hoped that the DC entertainment universe will turn itself around. Please, uh, Jeff Johns, write a good green lantern movie. I never thought I'd say that. In brightest day, I'm Alan. In black as night. I'm Chewy. In in no evil shall escape my sight. Oh, God, I'm blind. (laughs) I'm blind. I'm Ian. Um, uh, (laughs) I'm Ryan. Uh, Stay near mint, everybody. And uh, for those who worship evil, might be wearing my power. See you guys next time. Bye. This has been a production of the Stuff and Things Podcast Network. Exclusively at stuffandthingsnetwork.com.